I will do those. I'm going to turn down just the volume for you. You just speak for a bit. Oh yeah, cool. Um, there we go. Sorry, it's just obviously I've just got little tiny head in ear headphones in. Oh right, yeah. So when you first came, when you started whistling, it's like someone whistling directly in my ear hole. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let's just mute Lucas for a sec while I try and figure this problem <laughs> out. So I was like, I was going on my computer, like, what the hell is going on with my laptop? I went, oh no, privacy settings. Oh god. And I went, oh yeah, Windows 10 wants access to fucking everything. And when I bought this laptop, the first thing I did is turn off every single privacy setting. That's like, oh yeah, let's let your calculator read your Facebook page. It's like, no, no, thank you. Microsoft. Of course, I don't want my I don't want my calculator to know when I go look at my, my ex girlfriend's Facebook page at three morning. <laughs> you just don't need that. Anyway, welcome to is it episode fifteen we're up to now? Is it fourteen or fifteen? It's fifteen. It's fifteen. It's fifteen. Yeah, cause yeah. It's fourteen last week, and it was unlucky thirteen the week before that. Yeah, it was. And yeah. I am here with my friend Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Can you join? Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> one day you're going to be here when you're. I'm going to run out of languages one day, Carl. And the people listening to the podcast are going to hear you do that. Me sigh, and then just a slap noise. I whack you up at the back of the head. <laughs> and first things first. Let's remember. Right? So this is fact theme focus um, as usual. I don't know. It's not fast. No, it's not. That's the video series we do. <laughs> it's Carl's corner. Oh God, I am out of it today. It's going and well. That Carl. probably explains why. Because what are you drinking today, Lucas? Because ah, oh, there oh, we go. Yeah. I have got. You know what? Because fuck it, I'm looking after my figure, and it was on special. I've got Bud Light. It was five pound for twelve bottles. Fucking hell! And you know what? Because they can't get rid of it. They can't give <laughs> it away. I went in and it's got two crates because I am dog sitting this week. And sat by my side is my brother's wonderful doggy pen, um, Poppy. I was getting confused. It was like my old dog Penny. And oh. she just sat on the sofa just watching me going, what the fuck is this idiot doing? <laughs> what is this lad up to right here? What is this life that he's living? So, what are you drinking, my friend? As um, I just have a, a little cider on the go. A little cider on the go. Because uh, we might as well set the thing. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so I'm, pre- I'm presuming you have the day off, correct? Oh, yeah. I've had... So, I've, I've had... Like time off for like the last week or so. All right, fair enough. Because um, we should probably settle it because this will be going up. Not what date will this be going up on? If it's not this Thursday, next Thursday, it'll be so like it'll be going up on like the eighteenth, the twentieth, or something. So we should clarify because people may be wondering like, oh, um, this we're recording this during E three, but we are not yes, talking so about E three, are we? We um we are we have had all of the press conferences apart from Nintendo at this point. Yes, so we would like to explain to people what the plan is for that, because I'm, I've already had messages asking me, you're talking about E3 this year, Carl? Like, okay. I'm <laughs> um, so, technically, I'll be talking about this, and it'll already gone up like a week ago. But yes, but you might as well direct people to it in case they Exactly, it. yeah. So, on my YouTube channel, we are going to be having a little discussion, uh, me, you, and potentially another friend as well. Yeah. Um, so, we're just going to go through like what we thought of E3 in general, and pick out like some highlights of ours and stuff like that. So we're going to record that after Nintendo um, and we will we will see how it goes. Yeah, because we realised there was no way to record this podcast, talk about E3 and have it go up remotely on time. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we'd Cause we record these do... over a week in advance normally. Because, you know what, it's a good idea to have content up in advance because someone might have to go home and look after a small dog, which <laughs> I'm doing now. So if anyone is curious, like, what... I thought of E3 or what like Lucas thinks there will be a video and they'll be linked in the description below it will so be. here is a discussion we've done of E3 and all our favourite things but with that out of the way what have you been up to your week pal because I'll get so, into mine it's been 
fairly I, um, quiet. Other than watching E3, I spent a few days in uh, Belfast last weekend. You told you told me about this because you said it was a surprise for your girlfriend, correct? It was, yes. And but you didn't tell me it was like a Game of Thrones experience day. I, to be fair, we had a Game of Thrones entire weekend in the end. Um, how much of the stuff is actually over? Because I know a lot of Game of Thrones is filmed in Ireland, but how much of the stuff from the show is left over there? Oh, um, actual like things left over is mainly just um, what they've got in the Titanic Studios for like the Torn exhibition and stuff. Okay, so it's props. So they haven't got like full sets or anything left up. Um, like they so did they with, have um, the Lord of the Rings. They have got a big set of like part of King's Landing. Oh, that's um, cool. So basically. Um, some people may know this if they've watched um, the Game of Thrones documentary, but basically they filmed King's Landing in a location in Spain. But ah, yes, but then they, they do some Then for the final season wanted a scene where part of it gets destroyed, and obviously they weren't a fan of that in whatever city it was in Spain. So they had a big empty lot just outside their studios, which was basically a car park. <laughs> and they just built... Island like, fuck it. Yeah. They just built like a r- massive replica of one of the streets of King's Landing so it could be fucked up. Well, you know what? I respect that. Because I saw pictures of you like you're holding like, is it Longclaw? Yeah, yeah. You're holding like, lot, like what do they do? Is that like part of an organised tour? Did you buy a prop and no, no, walk so around um, the island with it? So we did two things. We did the touring exhibition on the first day. So that is going to a site next to the Titanic Studios. You go through an experience and it's like loads of different actual props and costumes and things like that with insights and stuff like that from the show. Did you see the Ikea rugs? The Ikea rugs? Did you hear about this? No. Uh, the, um, Joe, because everyone, like John Snow and all the people in the north, they all wear like the huge, big, like wolf pelts. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, the ones for like John Snow and like main named characters are all mm. like super expensive. But for background extras, and no one gives a fuck about, they bought rugs from IKEA, <laughs> cut the holes in the top, and made them wear them. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> no, this is, that's actually true. You can look it up. They were, <laughs> you know, people were walking around with just rugs from IKEA with holes cut in them. I've got to say pelts. that definitely wasn't part of the exhibition. <laughs> Oh, right, fair. I was hoping to do that. Here's the IKEA exhibition. Like, <laughs> did they have the plastic bottle? Or like the, the coffee cup? Oh, yeah. Here's like, the famous they coffee the cup. With the coffee cup. And then, like, a few se- a few episodes later, they had not one, but two shots with plastic bottles in the back. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Have you heard of the try to track down who did that? <laughs> like, all the main cast are, like, throw, like shifting the blame to each other. Like, what, me? Oh, well. Like, fuck I it, mean, what, me? The plastic bottles were literally under people's chairs. Oh, that was amazing. Like, their water bottle. I, it's I, like, I was oh, so... God. And some people say that that show was rushed, Carl. I know, it's not rushed. It's like <laughs> the, literally the fucking Starbucks coffee cup in the middle of oh, God. the north. Apparently, oh, um, one of the actors, I think it's the actor for Grey Worm, he's getting really upset because it's not actually a Starbucks cup, but Starbucks are getting loads of free promotion from it. Oh, is it a different kind of cup? It's it just like a, a generic, chain. like, cast coffee cup. That oh, they had from, like, whatever um, um, food company they had. Just yeah, yeah, catering. whatever caterers were there. 
Oh man, there's like we could talk about it a bit, but like there's so many fucking mistakes that last <laughs> My favourite though, speaking of Grey Worm, is the fact that in several scenes where he's escorting Peter Dinklage, like Tyrion Lannister, mm. you can clearly see her as a massive fucking dick bulge. <laughs> Which fair play to the actor for having a huge massive. But the entire gun. point is he's not meant to have a penis. He's not supposed to have a penis. But in several shots, <laughs> he's just got his fucking giant. But because it's so obvious, because obviously. Tyrion Lannister, Peter Dinklage, he's not. He comes up to most people's waist. So yeah. when you focus on Peter Dinklage and you're like the people escorting him, Grey Worm, the unsullied, you can just see he's just surrounded <laughs> by dick you know what, Who wants to be the guy that's got to edit a penis out? No, who wants to be the guy who's got to go up to like the guy playing Grey Worm and say, "Can you please put your dick in? It's too big." <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine? In the end, is it really a compliment that your dick's too big to play a eunuch without a penis? <laughs> Oh man, have you heard as well like um, that none of the principal actors are allowed to keep anything? Oh really? Yeah. Do you know like um, you like you're not supposed to take stuff, but I, I like to use Lord of the Rings as an example. Like when that finished, um, all the main actors got like a gift. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I think um, all the actors who had a sword got to keep their sword. Like Viggo Mortensen got to keep his sword. Um, I think um, Elijah Wood he got Sting, and he got the book that he wrote in at the end of the Hobbit. Oh, that's cool. To, uh, hop to uh, like, you know, there and back again, a Hobbit's Tale. That's yeah, a little yeah. bound note, but he got given that. Uh, I think Charlie Hunnam, um, as bad as it sounds, like for fucking King Arthur, Legend of a Sword, he got Excalibur. Oh, okay. Um, uh, apparently, he, he, he stole a lot of stuff off set as well. I think he stole the bike from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, quite yeah. funny. But everyone who's worked on Game of Thrones... Like when they've asked them, like, "Oh, did you get any a souvenir?" They're all gone, "No," and they're all pissed off about it. <laughs> like Jon Snow wanted Longclaw, yeah. He so, said, "You know, it's my sword," and they said, "No," they wouldn't let him have it or even a replica. And Emilia Clarke has asked for a dragon egg for a mantelpiece, and they also said no. Oh God! So like, I made you millions <laughs> of dollars. Yeah. You can't let me have a fucking plastic dragon. I made egg you as the a most souvenir. popular fucking TV show. <laughs> Of all time, but I like the idea that um, Kit Harrington's like, "Can I, can I keep this? Because you know it's my character." Oh yeah, yeah, and they just say no. No, it seems just so petty, doesn't but it? But to be fair, that is so that they can have those tours and stuff like that. Because all of the what? stuff that we went to see were like actual props, not replicas or anything like that. But I bet there must be like sixteen different. Like they will have like stunt replicas of like oh, yeah, yeah. and they'll have the ornament. It's like, a bit of shit. Least, that just let me keep like, a stunt one. Oh, take something. Fair enough if they want to keep fucking long claw, but give them but, something. Like, sure, there must be like multiple versions of that sword. Yeah, probably. They always have the one for sword fights. They always have the one for show, and then the one that's like made out of plastic down there. Yeah, yeah. But the idea that he asked and they said no, <laughs> and he's really upset about the fact he can't have one of his swords. One of my favorite stories about stuff like that is um, actually from Lord of the Rings. I always mess up his name, but um, Vigo Morgenstein. Did you say? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'd say Vigo Mortensen. Either way. Um. So he got so attached to the horse. That oh, he I heard this one. That he ended up buying the horse and keeping it as his own pet. Because he got attached. The thing is, do you hear about the same thing that happened on I Am Legend? No. For I Am Legend, William Smith. Will Smith. Why do I call him William, William Smith? Smith? So William Will Smith. Smith. Uh, even though he's, he's not even called William, Joey's name's short for Willard. Oh, really? Yeah, I it's Willard Smith. Anyway, so Willard Smith got so attached to that dog playing his dog in that show, in that film mm. that he offered like $500,000 or something stupid to buy it off the trainer and the trainer said no I would. and then one and then one day he just didn't turn up for filming so Will Smith didn't even get to say goodbye oh. 
and he'd Will Smith just started oh. crying because he wanted the dog. Fair play to the oh, trainer, man. though. I could never get rid yeah. of the dog. But it's the fact that he just one day he just didn't turn up for filming, <laughs> so he didn't get to say goodbye. Presumably he thought Will Smith was going to steal the dog. You know There's what? loads of he, stories like that. Um, it's still a better goodbye than Ghost got in Game of Thrones. Oh, man, it's fucking rough, that. It's just CGI. We can't afford yeah. to put him on screen with anyone. Yeah, but, but here's like a 30 second CGI shot of Jon <laughs> Snow just reverse cowgirl in a dragon. <laughs> just, you know, they put in shots like, they like, cut, they do like reaction shots of the dragon as Jon Snow's about to plow Daenerys. <laughs> it's like, you could have like saved $100,000 not putting that reaction shot of just Drogon going, AA. Hey, hey. Here we go, like. Did you really need to program an eyebrow raise on a dragon? Was that necessary? <laughs> oh my goodness! Because I, I'm assuming you know the backstory behind why um, Ghost and none of the direwolves could appear on screen. Um, right? I mean, I would have presumed it's just like kind of budget and how difficult it is and stuff. It's not budget. No, it's uh, most of it's permits because obviously oh, right, they're okay. huge, massive dogs. Yeah, and yeah. getting a dog or any animal abroad is a fucking oh, ball. So if they wanted to, every time they wanted to, because they film in like three separate locations, like you said, Spain, Ireland, I think they do some shots in like the little islands, like Jersey and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And every time, if they wanted to film with the dogs, they had to fill in a shitload of permits to get them passports, because you have to get dog passports oh. to move them abroad. So what they did is they just basically wrote them out of the show. I mean, and yeah, all- like you get, the the annoying thing is though, like you get some bits where it's like, Oh, um, I think it's Nymeria that's um, Arya's wolf, and she like yes. meets up with her in the in the forest, and it's like no, you know, you go your way, it's not you, and then it's like yeah. oh, but Ghost is still meant to canonically be with John, and he's just never there. Oh, it's more the fact as well. You like, get the shot of him looking at, and you can tell like, they can't have him walk over. All they yeah. could have done though, get one of those IKEA rugs, <laughs> have him pet it, and then just do a reverse. Like, they could have figured something out if they yeah. really wanted to put it in. But it's the fact that you look over at Ghost. Like, he's got an ear missing in that shot. Oh no! So he's got. So he's injured, and then John's like, "No, oh, I see you later, too. Fuck it." Bye. Leaves the dog alone. He like, fucking oh, wa- walks off and stares at him. Dog doesn't fucking like, know what's going on. During the books as well, like all of the Stark children can walk into their own like direwolves. Really? Yeah, I found that out. I was like, man, these books sound stupid. <laughs> There's some stupid like in the books. Like, you know, the Night King doesn't exist. What? The night, the Night King is an invention of the show because they wanted like a specific enemy to point so it, the. Um... In the books, it's just the White Walkers. There's no yeah, it's just leader. There are hints that there may be some kind of leader. But the Night King is an invention of the show. It's like, well, we need a dif- like a, dif- a villain so we can like point all the conflict towards. Oh wow, like, oh, man, that last season. Oh god. So I tell- before we get on, like we can't get into that. So just tell me more about this tour. And oh, I thought so, you yeah. got to hold Long Claw and Jon Snow didn't. So we um had like that touring exhibition where it's like go in, look at all the props, get loads of photos and stuff like that. Um, we also walked around Belfast and there's um six stained glass windows that are all like Game of Thrones designs. Oh, cool. Um, and they're just scattered around the city and there's like a little tour that you can follow on your phone and stuff. To encourage um, you to visit around city. See, I like when cities and locations, like they realise, oh shit, we need to like capitalise on this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, like, I'll bring it back to Lord of the Rings. It really destroyed Hobbiton after the first movie. What? Like, they built it, destroyed it, and then rebuilt it like two movies later when they realised that 
holy shit, tourism to New yeah. Zealand has exploded. The amount of fucking money we can make with this. Yeah, so I think they rebuilt Hobbiton to turn it into a tourist thing because they oh, realised, okay. like, what... It's some stupid... like, one-sixteenth of all tourism to New Zealand was linked directly or indirectly to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but the idea, they destroyed it after the first movie they didn't oh, see any value in keeping it. And no, I'm always I, baffled I think, when they uh, do shit like that. I think Belfast are all over it in terms of, like... Actually, getting on the Game of Thrones stuff. No, why would you not? As well, because obviously, just give anything that brings tourists in. Oh, exactly, yeah. It. And all you got to do is have a warehouse full of props. So we did an entire weekend of stuff. Um, first day, we like looked at those stained glass windows, and then did the Turin exhibition. Um, second day, we did like a nine-hour location tour where we got on a coach, visited loads of different filming locations. Um, oh, That's cool. Literally, just like I'd say, about nine hours long. And we just saw loads of different things. That's where the picture um, with Longclaw came up. Just like they had like, loads of props and stuff where you could go and just like just take go stand here and post these stupid yeah. photos. No, but that was really good. And then um, on the last day, we did a Game of Thrones themed escape room as well. Oh, right. So, like, I've never done an escape room, but apparently they're super big now and everyone loves them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they sprung up out of nowhere and they're like three in Sheffield alone where I live. I think in and Liverpool, I, there's like, about a dozen. It's yeah, ridiculous. There's, a there's, there's one that my friends keep getting me to try and go do, and it's a Fifty Shades of Grey escape room. Oh, God. <laughs> and the actual description of it is, not recommended for couples, bring a third. Oh, they want you. So they want they want you to do it as a couple with someone else <laughs> as part of your group. And you have to sign like a disclaimer that you're okay with, like, mild whipping. And I'm like, I don't know what is this? if I want to do this. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> okay, thanks. Like, the description is very tongue-in-cheek, but it says, like, not recommended for couples. Like, do not do this as a couple. We invite we uh, yeah, invite yeah. someone else to experience the pleasure with you. And I don't feel comfortable doing that with no, my friends. No, not at all. Oh, but, um, man. But... We, in this, like, escape room, it's funny because we were talking to the guy who, like, um, was working there at the time. Was it Carrington? He was like a lovely guy, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh yeah, most of it's not actually like to do with Game of Thrones. So most of the puzzles are just puzzles. They're not. Don't think they about just, it like a Game of Thrones puzzle. They put Game of Thrones skin on it to yeah, sell it yeah. to people who come in. Yeah, because he was explaining like, oh, a lot of people come to this thing and haven't actually watched Game of Thrones or all of Game of Thrones. So they it was just specific like it. to the show, then you would never get out. Yeah, because obviously you're either going to, it's either going to be too inside and too obscure, yeah, or yeah. it's going to be too obvious. So there was one puzzle, for example, where it helped to know Game of Thrones, but there was also, basically, um, there was like a map that you have to cross-reference with a book to find out locations and stuff. But if you've watched the show, you already know about it. So you can just figure it out straight you just, away. We just figured it out like, much quicker than you would. Just cut straight across. Like, you know where you... It's like in video games, and it? It's like, you got to solve the mystery. And then you just walk straight... No, I know where I'm going. Yeah. Like, I know what I'm doing. Trust me, mate. wonder if that happens in the, uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey one. If, <laughs> if, you know the, if you know the story of Fifty Shades of Grey, you can just, like, circumvent all the, the tricks. Oh, no, I've been whipped this way before. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All you need... Right, you know, right. You've just got... Sh- right, the answer to everything is just shove it up the other person's ass. <laughs> That is the answer to every puzzle that's going to be in that place, oh, I guarantee God. it. And then the next puzzle is just pulling it back out. Yeah. 
then finding out, oh, <laughs> the heat of the anus revealed its secret. <laughs> so, oh, man. See, that Game of Thrones tour, it reminds me of uh, the uh, the Harry Potter tour I've been on. Oh, okay. That's a famous one. Have you done that? I have not, no. All right, so for Americans listening, like, obviously, um, at J.K. Rowling's request, the majority of Harry Potter was filmed in the United Kingdom with British actors and British crews. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything was filmed in the UK by like, a couple of things. Because um, um, Hogwarts Castle is up in Scotland, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the castle is, and they built like a model, which is in the during the Harry Potter tour. And what they did is they realised, yeah, we know these things are going to be big, so they kept fucking everything. And they kept them in two warehouses that have now been just turned into a permanent museum stop-off tour. Oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. And what I like about it is, though, do you know what the two warehouses are? It's uh, Warehouse J and Warehouse K. As you know, oh God, Carl. You're some... Up. Oh, my God, Lucas, you sound like underwater. What's going on? All right, fair enough. I hope that shows... You know what? Either way, let's move on. <laughs> and in but... the, like, this tour, because they've got fucking everything. It's like a lot of the stuff that people don't realize is actually done with practical effects. Yeah, yeah, of course. And they've got, obviously, they've got everyone's wand, which is obviously obvious. They've got everyone's robes. They have got the Great Hall. It was a practical set, which they've turned into like an exhibit. So you... And the entrance oh, to yeah, it is yeah. the Great Hall. I've seen, seen shots of the Great Hall and the, stuff, yeah. The entrance is the Great Hall. And when you go in, like, um, whoever's birthday it happens to be that day, or if you've got a special event, you get to open the doors to the Great Hall. Um, oh, okay. That giant snake door to the Joe to a Chamber of Secrets, that was a practical oh, event. Yeah, yeah. They've got that. That The weird monster book thing, they have that in, like, a case moving around, snapping oh, at things. Really cool. It's like, oh, that's so awesome. And then they've got, obviously, like, I love it when it, everything's done. Like practically like that, and you can go and see it, and then and got, how it like, actually works. They've got all the stunt doubles as well, like the dolls. Do you know, like mm. um, in the fifth one, I think it is. Is that the one yeah, where yeah. you go underwater to rescue people? Oh uh, right, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the fake rubber models of everyone in just the sat there, goblet of fire. Yeah, which are really creepy. Mm. <laughs> and the fake weird uh, rubber models. Everyone they've got Aragog, so there's got this giant fucking spider. Uh, my oh, favorite really? one is though he's got Buckbeak. Because Buckbeak was also a practical effect, and it bows when you walk up to it. What, really? Yeah, when you go up to it, it bows. It's programmed to bow in response to another person. And they told, oh, man, the, they said, told the story of a group of Japanese tourists came in to watch it once. And because it's programmed to bow in return to a bow, they said like mm. um, some kids went up to it and bowed for about 20 minutes. Out, out of sheer politeness until like someone oh. came up and told them to stop. So they were stuck in this like bow, just constant bowing it's like exchange. like of politeness. Just constantly bowing with this giant fucking hippogriff. Man. <laughs> it's so sick. Like, you don't realize how big some of the things are. Oh, I can like, imagine. Like, Buttbeak is fucking massive and so is Aragog. And I don't like spiders. And they hide mm. Aragog on the ceiling. So you walk in and you turn around, it's this giant fucking whack-off spider. You're like, oh, oh God. Like, yeah, no shit. Oh, but, my um, No, when we actually did our tour, we um, came across um, one of the people working there who was actually um, an extra from season one all think, the way to season eight. I think most people are, yeah. There's um, and a joke He's actually, um, if yeah. you watch The Long Watch, the documentary that's on at least Netflix, I know of, um, he's like a featured extra in it. Um, and he's just like one of the first people that were ever like on the show and stuff like this. So we had like some really cool insights. Yeah, there's uh, it was like, just fun like, listening to some of the stories he had about it. 
It's uh, if you have a beard and you live in Ireland, um, you've been an extra on Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> that's how they do it. It's like they just every yeah. other week there's a casting cart when you five hundred people with beards to just stand yeah, in leather armor in a field and just lie down dead. <laughs> so oh man, it's crazy. The idea though, it's like it's, it's so massive a show, and now it's just mm. it ended and like this just wet fart. Oh god, yeah. It's, it's like I think a word I heard was like you know the super botch. Like just like the drop the a ball isn't like it's goes beyond dropping the ball to like you like somehow you drop the ball and bend over and then you split your pants and shit yourself at the same time <laughs> while also tripping over your own own shoe down a flight of stairs. Yeah. So it's like while also throwing someone else under a bus. There's just it's <laughs> just the amount like the amount of things that went wrong so fast. It's just so it's very strange like it's not only disappointing to watch in terms of what they did show, but when you actually start looking on, like, you know, when people start bringing things up on Twitter or YouTube or whatever, and they're like, oh, remember this thing they forgot about? It's like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, they did forget about that. So like, I forgot about it's it. Just, That's oh, this enough. character went missing and never came back. It's like, I'm cool. not the writer of the show. Do you know what makes it... Like, obviously, we've beaten a dead horse, like, shitting on the last season of Game of Thrones, but there's one thing that I found out that made me, like... I'm not that big a fan of it. I just like the spectacle, and I like being part mm. of like you know just this cultural touchstone of the, like, the yeah, biggest yeah. TV show in the world. And I liked like the idea of like watching it to its conclusion. But like the the two writers for it, they were offered an unlimited budget by HBO. HBO told them, however many episodes you want, however much money it takes, you have got a yeah. Blank, that's you the have, thing you is, have a blank check. You have as much time and money as you need to do this. Oh, so we'll rush it then, yeah. Yeah, they were told, like, do you want to do, like we want ten seasons with ten episodes in each. And they said, no, we'll finish it off in eight and we'll only have six episodes for the last season. Oh, fucking hell. Even though every single person but the writers, who must have had, like, some weird control over due to contract, like, HBO wanted more and offered, basically, like I said, a blank check. All of the yeah, actors yeah. were willing to sign on for another two seasons. Oh, God. All of the extras were fine with it. Like, the Republic of fucking Ireland were like, oh, yeah, we'll write you out another big fucking massive tax break because of all yeah. the tourism we're getting to the region. Keep filming it here for as long as you want. And they went, now. So they can go make oh, Star Wars. It's just so maddening. Yeah, to think it's that like you, every you other have, person in the world. Yeah, you have every single opportunity to make this as perfect as possible, but you still choose to rush it. Yeah, they chose to make it bad. Like, like you can, every like, single TV show, apart from, a, like, the odd couple, normally gets cut short, and this is them choosing to do it themselves. Against the advice and wishes of every single person involved with production, you got to say, <laughs> and the fans. It's so baffling. It's, I think it's one of these moments that will go down in, like, media history as one of the biggest missed opportunities. Like, it's the biggest yeah. fumble ever seen. Like, they had... The world, essentially, like the talking about the worst this show. thing is on paper. If you take the ending that George R. R. Martin would have said, This is what happens to the last few characters, and stretched it out over two seasons, and stretched out and gave proper character development stuff, it could have been very good. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just obviously everything feels so rushed. Like, that's that's yeah. the singular number one complaint, even amongst people who still think this last season is okay, they mm. still say, Oh, it's a, it's a bit quick and everything feels a bit forced and yeah, like they were yeah. running out of time and when you read the behind the scenes to find out they actually had as much time and money as they wanted oh man they were told you can t- you can take 
any amount of money to make anything realize like to realize anything you want because HBO like, we are going to make millions of dollars off of this. Yeah, regardless of how much it costs to shoot, we're going to make more money. Yeah, this, like, Game of Thr- the Game of Thrones license for HBO is a license to print money because mm-hmm. they are going to guarantee they will make all their money back in the first week and then they've got syndication rights and DVD sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, oh. something like Avengers Endgame. They can just spend as much money as they need to make that a good they, yeah, film. Because they know they're going to make it back. Yeah. So you have got like the singular... My most um, anticipated piece of media to be released in more than I'd say like three, four decades. I, I've I've said it before on the podcast, but like um, in regards to like Endgame and stuff, it's like our generation Star Wars. I was gonna uh, say, I wonder whether, like, I, I, you know, if there was a way of quantifying hype and anticipation, what would have been higher? The Force Awakens being like the return of Star Wars, or Endgame coming out. I think it's Endgame. I think it genuinely is. Because a lot of people were burned out on Star Wars because of the prequels and stuff. And mm. there's been plenty of discussion done about like the varying quality of Star Wars over the years. But it's like, I think something I heard the other day is like, um, Endgame is potentially the last blockbuster. We will see. Because there is like, in the pipeline of like space, we know so much about Hollywood and how it works now. There is no yeah, like, yeah. there is no surprise films that are going to get released, at least in terms of um, uh, like big Hollywood block like blockbusters and summer films. There is no film in the pipeline for the next ten years that even approaches the scope that uh, Endgame did. And same with like, yeah, television. of course not. No, no. Like, because um, I think like Game of Thrones was just an anomaly. Like the amount of money they threw at that show, like million dollar an episode, yeah, is yeah. just unheard of, except for back in the day when they were filming Friends. Which I find hilarious. Yeah, yeah, of course. So but like, that that's the thing is, it's weird because they were essentially shooting for the last three, four episodes, like a 90 minute movie. Yeah, they were But they were still doing it on a relatively um, TV budget. Like it wasn't like an Avengers budget for the, the season, you know what I mean? No, but I, that still cracks me up though, that um, episodes of Friends, like the last season of Friends cost as much to film as some episodes of Game of Thrones. <laughs> just because the principal cast of Friends, their, oh, indi- each. their individual salaries were so high per episode, because yeah. whoever the hell was producing it at the time knew they'd make it all back in syndication rights, paid it. Mm-hmm. And then you look at like an ep- a 30 minute, 25 minute episode of Friends and think, that costs as much to make as the Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> like in- and it's just like six people sitting in a flat. Yeah, like, adjusted for inflation, this probably costs more than Battle oh, of the Bastards. And that had like a 30 minute long war scene with 500 that extras on the, screen at once. The biggest fight scene in media history. Then it, no, it's the long night. You couldn't see it, but it was the long night. Oh no, that's that's the one I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I heard no. I aspects. heard those complaints before I watched the episodes. The problem with Game of Thrones, like the last season, was unlike Endgame, which where there was a fairly unanimous decision. It was like a just this silent agreement amongst like the non assholes of the world that yeah. do not spoil Endgame. Like even the actors and the directors and Disney itself got on board with don't spoil yeah, yeah. Endgame. Yeah, yeah, and there was a massive like promotion um, and kind of like marketing role of the actors to just be like do not spoil Avengers and they even like tacitly alluded to like obviously um, obviously, like supported that in the trailers which were like the very first set of trailers in the first 10-15 minutes of the movie so the last two and a half hours basically that's all they showed 
and they also cut certain characters and figured things out a bit differently so it's not actually what you saw yeah and then i think like two weeks after that they released like for to coincide with the trailers for spider-man far from home just released like fuck it here's everything that happens in the movie if you miss that two-week window bollocks to you then you had game of thrones which was getting spoiled as it aired yeah yeah people didn't give a fuck i uh, like with obviously our viewing time in the uk it was streaming at two o'clock in the morning so i missed it most of the time most yeah, most of the time, apart from the final episode, I didn't stay up until two o'clock in the morning to watch this like hour and a half episode. So I had to just avoid social media for like an entire day because I knew as soon as I clicked Twitter, spoilers. It's weird, isn't it? Like, um, and I don't know what the reason for that is. Like, one explanation I heard is that because obviously um, the response to Endgame was largely, if not overwhelmingly, positive, whereas yeah, yeah. more to put it diplomatically mixed for Game of Thrones, people didn't feel as bad about spoiling it because they felt like the ball had been dropped, like the um, yeah, the handling regardless of, of like plot. whether it's spoiled or not, it's going to be a disappointing ending. Whereas Endgame nailed it so well that if that shit got spoiled for you, then it would have been pretty devastating. And like stuff like with the Long Night, I saw all the complex, or even just the memes about it. It was, mm. It's always the memes that get to you first, isn't it, before spoilers? Yeah, it is. So it's just like a screenshot, it's like a black square saying, oh, my fav- here's my favourite shot from The Long Night <laughs> or last night's episode. And it's just a black screen. I'm like, I don't get it, but it's got like 14,000 likes and 12,000 yeah. retweets. What's going on? And then I watched the episode and went, oh, now I get it. You can't see fucking anything. <laughs> no, the thing is as well, the, with the like equipment they used to film it, if you get like the Blu-ray when it comes out, I'm sure it will look fine. The thing is, but I've got an okay that TV. Compressed, yeah, because everyone's streamed. Everyone's streaming it. Just oh god, fucking horrible! It's oh man, it just cracked me up because it's always the memes that got to me first. Like, I found out that Jon Snow didn't pet Ghost before I watched the episode. He was just like, it was, oh, just no. a, it was just a picture of Ghost saying like, "One like equals one pet for this good boy," and I'm like, "What? What? Oh, What's no. going on?" Or like, because uh, I fucking I don't care about spoiling it. I was like, people have either watched it or not. I want to. Because I'm on that camp of fuck it, it dropped the ball. I don't care anymore. Any love well, I, think I had that's for what this, you're talking about. like I think that's most people's reaction. It's like any love I had for this series is now just been thrown out of the window because clearly yeah. they don't care enough to put the effort in. Like, and I say they is this nebulous other. We know it was it was the writers. We we're saying that's like um, they don't what, care enough. Weiss and Benioff is it? That's the one. Yeah, I think it's like being. I don't give a fuck. DB Weiss and that's think, it, yeah. Benioff or something like that. But, oh man! So like, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that's right. One like does equal one pet for this good boy. <laughs> all the ones about like, Brienne of Tarth. Like if you as well, like all the actors hate what happens to their characters. This again, it's yeah. it's, it's completely anonymous. 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 What's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. Okay, it's it's an anomaly. Anomaly. I don't know. I'm like maybe it's the beers I've been drinking. These two and a half percent beers that I've been suffering in the background, but like. Is unheard of in the realm of like fiction and the people like the ca- people who play the characters in fiction from to immediately shit on the characterization they have like of the act the yeah. character they played. Like it's then, funny because game- um, during the um, the long uh, the long watch was it something like that the documentary yes they had um, a filming of the first reading the group reading. Oh, and you can see when everyone and dies. I've seen that. Where, yeah. like, 
everybody dies and like Varys just like throws his script onto the table and like, <laughs> John's just like oh no <laughs> you can just oh, see all the actors going oh fuck this yeah but like, because like I said it's it's unheard of like even the shittiest films that have been released and the shittiest pe- like TV shows the actors will go on press junkets and still say oh it's a great movie they'll still go on mm. like Jimmy Kimmel or they'll do like interviews and stuff where they talk about it. Game of Thrones, I have never seen anything like it, where you have, like, Kit Harrington in an interview before the final episode aired, when they asked him, oh, so what, what's the word you'd use to describe the final episode of Game of Thrones? And he just looks at the guy and went, disappointing. What? Yeah, he said that <laughs> in an interview. I never and knew that. Yeah, he said it straight to camera in an interview. Oh, and like, you, can just, you can see in his eyes, like, I don't give a fuck. And I think oh, um, Gwendolyn Christie, Brianna Tarth, they mm. asked her, like, obviously, this is the role that made you. Like, this is what made mm-hmm. you like, a household name. Um, how do you feel about the ending of Brienne of Tarth, of her basically crying in her dressing gown over a man? <laughs> <laughs> and she went, I didn't think it's a very unsatisfying ending for a character I've spent so long with. If I'd have had yeah. my way, I wouldn't have ended it like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> the final time you see it, like, just the idea that <laughs> Jamie Lannister, who had like, the best... like. Like, heroic heel turn ever. Just becomes a fuckboy in the last episode. Yeah, literally. <laughs> just, like, gets his dick uh, wet. And then he literally just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to spend eight seasons on a redemption arc to just fuck Brianna Tarth and leave. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It's like, he'd live the dream of many men out there, and that is climbing a giant woman. Like, he, <laughs> like, yeah, like... Is it Tormund, the guy who's like, basically, he spends mm-hmm. all his time staring at Brienne. Yeah. Jamie comes in, fucks her once, then leaves. It's like, oh, you know what, dick. Tormund wouldn't have done that to you, Brienne. No, Tormund wouldn't have done that. Oh, it's so bad. But the interviews with the characters, like Gwendolyn Christie going, I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know what, Carl, is better than Captain Phasma. <laughs> oh, man. Like, she's been done so like, dirty. But and like it's, the, two the worst one was the last Jedi. Life. We're bringing back Captain Phasma for a badassy. Oh, she's dead again. <laughs> she falls down a <laughs> hole. Oh, man. because like the the rumor was they were going to bring Captain Phasma back again. Oh God! And the like, the idea is that every time you think she's dead, she comes back. She'll be like the Boba <laughs> Fett. Like she'll be the Boba she Fett. She secretly comes back in like episode fifteen. Like, she comes back and but actually does something. Because Boba Fett is the character where. He's on screen all the time looking cool and doesn't do anything. Yeah. But he has this massive, huge, like, extended universe backstory and well, everyone fucking loves him. The weirdest thing is, in the backstory, he's been eaten by the Sarlacc pit more than once. Oh, yeah, I've talked about it before. He gets eaten by it twice. He falls into <laughs> yeah, it again. Like, he didn't... He, he literally, like, fell for that trap more than once. Yeah, he fa- And he's I, meant something... to be the most badass bounty hunter in the entire fucking yeah, galaxy. The, the story is, if I remember it correctly, um, he crashes and hits his head. Gets mistaken for a robot by... It's not Ewoks, it's... Uh, is it Jabbers? What are they called? Jabbers. Jawas. Gets mistaken for a robot by the Jawas, and the Sandcrawler crashes into the Sarlacc again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you fucking idiot. Oh. I always saw, like, Captain Phasma. She, like, she is the redemption of Boba Fett. She is, going, she, like, she is the same kind of character. She stands in the background looking cool, but she's yeah, going yeah. to do something to, like, you know, to justify how much screen presence she's getting. I've never seen a character given like such such an immense amount of cinematic dominance just afforded the to this character. The amount of like marketing behind Captain Phasma before the first film as well. And she doesn't do anything. 
she and then she has one fight and falls down a shield and walks away and falls down like <laughs> the way I put it is in the first film they literally throw that character into the trash yep and then she comes back and then they kill her again because the idea was they'd bring her back for the is it Rise of the Skywalkers or whatever Rise of Skywalker yeah they were going to bring her back for that again and like the idea is that you can't kill her because she's just that fucking badass and tough and then Gwendolyn Christie was asked, so are you being invited to um, like appear in this one? She went, no. Um, oh, no. I did not get invited to the casting call. I'm pretty sure Captain Phasma's dead. Oh, no. So all this build-up for this character, like uh, Boba Fett, and it's now dead. Well, fuck me. Oh, dear. That's her disappointing. Her character backstory is so fucking awesome. Like, we did an entire video on it, talking oh, about really? the fact... Yeah, um, her armour... It's like uh, she stripped it off of the Emperor Palpatine's like pleasure sex yacht. <laughs> she she punched it apart, dragged it to like an island, and then basically used a replicator machine to create stormtrooper armor out of this. Oh, and it says that like, it can deflect blaster bolts. And I think there is one scene in one movie where they shoot at her and it just bounces off her armor. Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, like, that should have been an entire scene. There should have been a scene where all of the rebels, you know, like the Rogue One Darth Vader scene. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Why is Darth Vader so feared? Oh, this is why. Because he walks in a straight because line. Because he can down just a tear a corridor of people apart without trying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they should have. They should have done that with Captain Phasma. They should have had like all the stormtroopers going. We can't move in. We can't move in. They've got too many guns. She goes stand aside and just walks through, and all the bullets just deflect. I was going to say just like walks through the middle of a battlefield like fucking Wonder Woman style. Yeah, because that's what her armour, it canonically, is supposed to do. It's supposed to deflect blaster bolts because it's made of the Emperor's personal sex cruiser. <laughs> and it, it happens once in a blink-and-you'd-miss-it shot, and then she just falls down a hole after oh, getting God. hit with a stick. Oh, dear. Oh, man. That character the wasted got... potential, Carl. <laughs> Poor Gwendolyn Christie, man. I, I know. Getting the fucked only, over in Star Wars and Game of Thrones. The only actor I can think who's been fucked over more is James Marsden. Because he is the actor who plays Cyclops in the first two X-Men movies. Yeah, yeah. And then the first direct- three, right? Yes, but he gets killed off in the third one because... Oh, straight away, yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, like the director of X-Men 1 and 2 um, jumped ship to go do Superman Returns. Yes. And he had a good working relationship with James Marsden and offered him a role in Superman mm-hmm. Returns and like, as a way of getting back at James Marsden obviously for like, the betrayal of leaving yeah, like, you know, yeah. the glorious thing that is the X-Men franchise <laughs> and they killed off his character in the first five minutes of X-Men 3 oh, but God. then in Superman Returns which was again supposed to be a huge trilogy bombed at the box office so he never got a sequel <laughs> but at the same time his character all that happens is Superman steals his girlfriend <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so in the only two, like the two major roles he's had, like Wolverine steals his girlfriend and then Superman steals his girlfriend. But you know what? Don't worry, because now he's, he's chilling with Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> it's gonna be the... fine. <laughs> he's picked the right horse this time. So he should have just stayed in the X Men movies. Oh no, he shouldn't like, have done. At least they've, they've not been consistent, but at least it'd been a steady paycheck for him. He could I have, haven't he could have seen been it, Carl. I don't know if you have, but have you seen the reviews for Dark Phoenix? Now, I have seen about like 20 minutes of Dark Phoenix. I mean, how? Did you just walk out? No, because I watched all the trailers. Because this is the, well, I love when oh, this right, happens. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing you'll <laughs> notice, right? When a, the the worse a film is, the more footage of it they will release in trailers to try and get you to go watch it. Well, yeah, exactly. Because like, if you look at something like Endgame, 
it doesn't need to use more than the first 15 minutes. Yeah, we know we're going to go for, watch this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And I have been like, um, uh, just religiously following the production of Dark Phoenix because it's so <laughs> hilarious. The trash I, the, fire that is. The production behind the movie is funnier than, like, is better than the movie. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, because the ending of the entire movie was reshot. I was about to say because it was too similar to her, an ending yeah. of a recent film. It was too similar to Captain Marvel because the yeah. ending of the film was going to be the Phoenix Force takes over Jean Grey and then she flies into space and elbow drops a spaceship, which is basically the <laughs> ending of Captain Marvel. And they oh, reshot it yeah. to take place on a train which crashes in New York. And I just think there's something beautifully poetic about the fact that the X-Men franchise, which has been so poorly mishandled by Fox, mm-hmm. literally ends with a train wreck. <laughs> it's, like, it's just something poetic about it that is, idea. It literally it, is. Metaphorically and literally ending that series with a train wreck. When you could you have ended what, it with Logan. Yeah, that's the thing is. Which has probably... Back and people talk about X2 being a good movie. And it's yeah. okay. You look, you look back at it. I watched it again recently, and it, it's fine. It's camping. Logan, out of all of those movies, is the only one that holds up. Well, it's the only one as well that was like nominated for actual real awards that matter, yeah. like, not like special effects or some shit. And the ending shot of that movie is potentially my favourite ending shot for a movie ever, because it's so schlocky, so just cheesy, but they get away with it because it's a comic book movie. And it's where, obviously, like, X-23... Like Laura, she takes the like the cross on Wolverine's grave and turns it into an X. Oh and yeah, like, of course. And I yeah, remember yeah. seeing that, and I'm like, "You get away with that? Cause it's a kid who's doing it." Yeah, and yes. And you know is, what? He's the original X Men. Yeah, I was gonna say she's obsessed with X Men, so it makes perfect sense in the way they've set it up in the story. Yeah, like, and he is the like Hugh Jackman. Wolverine is the heart of this series, and mm-hmm. he's dead now. So like, his death is a symbolic end of the X Men. And then they released like three more movies. Like, For <laughs> fuck's sake! You just like end it with. They could have ended it with that, and it'd be perfect. It's like everyone. Can all you imagine if they actually ended together. that series and was like, right, end of it is Logan. You'll see new, different X Men when Disney buys. Yeah. Oh man, like because if they'd have ended it with Logan, that is a tough act to follow. Oh god, yeah. That's because that's like I'd say that's the closest Marvel have come so far to their like Dark Knight. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, it's the, in terms of, like, actual taking on, like, a serious tone of a film, it's yeah. by far and away the best they've done. A comic book movie that stands alone just as a, just a solid fucking movie that anyone can watch. Yeah, if you watch that film as a non-comic book fan, it's still a fantastic film. And it's one that you don't really need any prior knowledge of anything else. Like, The Dark Knight, you don't need to watch Batman Begins to get that movie. And you don't no, need to watch really. movie that comes after it. Yeah, it stands alone. And it's carried by just like amazing performances. Well, actually, I mean, no, one, amazing one amazing performance. performance. <laughs> just one. <laughs> Christian Bale. Who, no, who to doesn't be fair, love Welsh Harvey Dent is played very well in that as well. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those films, because obviously it's, it's very clear that like, Christopher Nolan, he gave a shit. And there's yeah. loads of cool little things about that movie that I've never noticed in rewatchers, which is one of my personal favourite things to do with movies is go back and look for little things. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. The hidden detail in Dark Knight is insane. Like the one that someone pointed out to me where every shot of um, Harvey Dent, he has one half of his face is in shadow and one half of his yeah. face is in light in every single shot he's Every in. single scene before he turns to Two-Face. To subtly indicate that he has a, like, there's a duality to his like, you And know, that's the thing acts. is, that is 
A, a really cool, subtle hint towards where his character goes. B, it's also just one of those things as well, Liz. Like, for anyone that doesn't know that Two-Face is called Harvey Dent, that is still a really cool reveal for the non-like hardcore Batman fans. Oh, yeah. Like, just the reveal that he becomes Two-Face would be a really cool thing to see. And then you um, you compare that to like the Tim Burton Batman, and you got Tommy Lee Jones in like half a burnt suit. <laughs> it's like, and subtlety's dead, and like Batman's got a fucking raging giant cod piece. Half of his, half of Two Face's face is just like bright purple for no oh, fucking man. reason. The thing is, that I like those movies because I, I found got a newfound appreciation for them when I, I saw an interview with Joel Schumacher. Like, oh, and he joked, talking def- about how he wants to bring back like sixties camp Batman. Yes, that was the idea. Like the Batman yeah, is it yeah. Batman Forever, the the really terrible one everyone hates with the Batman. So, clubs. Batman Forever is the one with Two Face and the Riddler, which is going along that lines. And then Batman and Robin is the awful one with like Bane and Mister Freeze. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. That one was supposed to be like Joel Schumacher said. I want to make it, like, bring back 60s camp Batman. Because obviously yeah, yeah. the dark and gritty Batman has been done. Michael Keaton Batman is the dark mm-hmm. and gritty one. Let's bring back, like, you know, Adam West camp. And that was the Batman idea. Batman Returns was definitely the dark and gritty one. Yeah, and that's the thing. It fell flat because obviously people were expecting more of the same. Mm-hmm. And I think if that had come first, people would have liked it more. Because that, the, if, when you realise that, it's like, oh yeah, it's so obvious. Because that's why they have, like, the back credit card joke. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that all supposed that to be a, an, stuff? And all like the, the, the ice Mr. Freeze puns. Yeah, it's a, it's a throwback to Adam West Batman. It just fell flat because obviously the thing in people's mind at the time was Michael Keaton Batman. Which yeah, was dark of and dour and like more gothic and it, in its style. I think they missed a note in not kind of like making more of a reboot out of it. Yeah, it, it still seems to be a continuation. Kind of like similar bat suits and like. It kind of stayed within the continuity, but also completely changed the tone. Yeah, and well, I have a, a, a newfound appreciation for that movie now, just be, knowing that, knowing that it was a deliberate knowing. Oh yeah, it was like, a reference to actual choice to do. But it wasn't um, done the thing is, incompetent. Yeah, the thing is, that film did the correct thing of just being so awful that it's fun to watch. Oh yeah, I can watch that movie all the time because Arnold like, Schwarzenegger like steals. Yeah, just Arnold Schwarzenegger in. in that movie. It's like Lucas, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. It's so good. It's so <laughs> thing is that it's terrible. It's terrible. It's awful, but it's so bad that it's fun to watch. The worst thing that any piece of media can be is boring. No, like, yeah, it's it's a five out of ten. It's not yeah. good. It's not bad. It's just bleh. It's which is just what Dark I've heard. Phoenix. That yeah, that's what I've heard. Dark Phoenix is. It's just it's it's just nothing. Yeah, it's the equivalent of like um, like that 2016 Ghostbusters, which I've watched not recently, but a couple of months ago. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. It's it's just nothing. It's a film. Yeah. It's, it's so nothing. It's not even worth getting annoyed about. Like, it made That's me thing feel. Is, I don't want bad for the people. Yeah. If, if I'm going to watch anything, oh, I want it to be interesting, either in a terrible way or an amazing way. It's like with um, reboots of old movies. I think like uh, the RoboCop reboot. It's oh just God. it's it's a six out of ten. It's just lacking in character. Yeah, and because of, and because of that, there's nothing I can really say about it. So I can't even no. muster the ability to give enough of a shit to tear it to <laughs> yeah, pieces. Exactly. I don't it, care enough for this film to make any statement on it. 
It made absolutely just no impact on me as a person whatsoever. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is a really bad thing for a movie, and that's probably what the majority of the X-Men franchise is now. I think so. Because the one I always say is like Days of Future Past is like the one that people always hold up being quite good. I didn't like that. First class as well. It's bizarre to me that people say those are really good films, but... I hated First Class because I was saying yeah. they, they kill off the unkillable black guy with the most interesting power <laughs> Immediately. Set. And then What's the your other power? Per- I can't die. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. And the other two people they have on their team is a person who screams and a guy who hula hoops energy out of his dick. <laughs> and they're not interesting powers to see realised. And the no. villain isn't interesting or charismatic, even though it's Kevin Bacon and he should be both of those things. Yeah. Because every role he plays is usually one or the other. You took Kevin Bacon and made him bland. Yeah, which is hard to do, so kudos <laughs> yeah. to you for that. So but I never understood why that movie is often like held up alongside like, X-Men 2 and Logan. Like, mm. Logan should be realistically in its own tier of just ratings. Oh, no, it, in... I, I think it definitely is in this day and age. I think X-Men 1 and 2 were, like, good back in the day when for, for the period, superhero yeah. films weren't as big a deal and weren't as well made. But Please tell nowadays, me you saw I don't the, think they hold up. the trailer. When you mm. went to see Endgame, did you see the trailer that um, Fox made? for what for? Dark, for Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they made a special trailer... That's all about, like, 20 years ago, one franchise started it all. Oh, no, I didn't see that. I saw In a regard, Dark Phoenix no, trailer. No, yeah, there's a Dark Phoenix trailer where it's all about, like, yeah, 20th Century Fox started superhero movies. And it's like, 20 years ago, X-Men started a phenomenon. Uh, 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 I mean, at the same time that Sony did with Spider-Man? Shh, no, X-Men did it first, because X-Men <laughs> came out in 2000. <laughs> But yeah, there is a trailer out there where it just comes across as just so so sad, so desperate. And you know what? And then funny? it's like, like we started this. It's like no one cares. <laughs> they don't, like, they're owned by Disney now, so who cares? Who gives a fuck? Like, there's supposed to be another X Men movie coming out that's just been cancelled because no one cares. There's supposed to be. Oh yeah, yeah. There's loads of like X Men spin-offs and side properties and stuff that I think are just on never, permanent never hiatus. Out. It's like, get wrecked, Channing Tatum. That Gambit movie's never coming out, mate. Oh, God. And Joey's been trying to make that for, like, ten years. Yeah. I, the thing is, I'd have loved to see, like, maybe not a Gambit film, but just Gambit done well. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, if you've got an actor who cares, like, look what they did, look what happened when they had that with um, Deadpool. Yeah, with Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, who, again, spent about ten years trying to get that movie made, and the stories behind the scenes are, like, heartbreaking. And just of, the story about X-Men Origins Wolverine, where it's like, oh, I really want Deadpool to exist, so okay. Do you ever but, hear what they said to him as well? Because uh, Ryan Reynolds, as a, a fan of Deadpool, the story mm-hmm. goes that a fan said, you should read, you should play Deadpool, he's, like, he's a lot like you. And Ryan Reynolds, out of curiosity, opened up a comic book. Oh, really? And, According to him, uh, I'm not sure how true this is, but obviously it's coming straight from his mouth, so like, you know, that's about yeah, as close yeah. as you can get to a primary source. He said he opened up a Deadpool comic, and the first, like, he says no word of a lie, the first page I open up on is Deadpool, describing himself as a cross between Ryan Reynolds and a Sharpay, in terms of looks. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds went, I saw it, it's provenance, I should play this character. And he spent like... He got, he told his agent, anytime you hear anything about anything to do with his character, let me know. I want to be first in the door. Oh, that's so cool. And it goes like X-Men Origin, because obviously he'd read a lot of Deadpool comics at that point. He mm-hmm. went in, 
um, auditioned, got the wrong, and then found out they were going to like sew the character's mouth shut. Oh. And he said is, to like his tagline is he's a merc with a mouth. So he said to Fox, "Look, I am. I know the character. I know fans of the character and what they want. This won't go down well." Yeah, and they told him, "Shut up!" Like both in the film and now, if you want to play <laughs> Deadpool, this is your only chance. Otherwise, we'll give the role to somebody else. Oh. And he said, "Like I had a choice at that point. I could either play the role the best I could with the yeah. material I've been given, or stand by and watch someone else play this character. Someone I want else to play." It up. Yeah. So he said he took it for that for the fans. To and the try thing and is, do as well, he did. He, Wade Wilson in that movie is fantastic. But then they Deadpool just fuck up Deadpool terrible. entirely. Yeah. And then when they were making Deadpool, and they promised them like a specific budget, mm-hmm. and then slashed the budget without warning, like halfway through filming. Oh no! So do you know that? Do you know that shot where Deadpool gets the big duffel bag full of guns and then forgets it in the taxi? Is that why? <laughs> they that was a shot filmed after the fact to explain why there's not a big shootout at the end. Oh <laughs> yeah, because they. I mean, they, to be fair, it probably makes the movie better. Yeah, but they found out like halfway through shooting that their budget for the final like, action scene had been slashed. <laughs> oh, no. So they went back and they filmed that extra scene of that, and that's one of the reasons they did all that in the guerrilla marketing, to keep the yeah. costs down. Because obviously the marketing budget, they put some of the marketing budget towards like doing pickup shots. Yeah, of course. And then they made like a billion dollars at the box office, and then suddenly Fox were all on board with Greenlight in a sequel, and giving then, you know Ryan Reynolds more creative control. And then they just fucking took half the character out of it. Yeah, oh man, it was They made amazing. it more generic. Just that idea, though, that like, he forgot his guns because oh, the studio amazing. wouldn't give him more money. And they even <laughs> put in that line where he says, wow, there's a whole lot of X-Men here. Oh, that, and, is, uh, that is one of the best fucking lines in the entire movie. Just like, couldn't afford any more X-Men? No? No, and Could. that's apparently, well, that's why they did the shot in Deadpool 2, where all the X-Men are in the background. Oh right! Okay. Like, if people don't know what we're talking about. There's a shot in Deadpool two where he's in the X mansion and he makes the same joke of, "You think there'd be more people around here?" And every single actor from X Men First Class and all that shit in the background for like two seconds and quietly and then he shut just the closes door, the door on them. so they don't have to talk to him. And that's one of the rumors about why that scene's in the movie is is like a piss take of that first. Uh, movie's joke if you can't oh, follow any more X-Men so okay here's every X-Men they just don't <laughs> want to be in the film with you it's like oh my god that's just so fucking bad it's like it telling to shut up the idea that he's like oh, can I kind of play in this movie it's like yeah but we're going to like sew your mouth up the fans won't like that shut up it's like okay okay poor fucking the fans man. don't know what they want no they don't and they'll, they'll vote with a wallet and they sure fucking did because that movie didn't do well <laughs> The oh, thing man. is, as well, like Wolverine himself, everyone was like begging for a good Wolverine film, and they made X Men Origins Wolverine, yeah, and put like Deadpool in it, and they put Will I Am in it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Will I Am and the Blob with the worst <laughs> CGI. And the thing is, though, once it was a practical effect fat suit one, but it looks so fucking bad. Yeah, it looks awful, <sighs> and just they managed to at the Probably the prime of Wolverine's popularity, they managed to tank that film. Oh, and then they released, like, X-Men, The Wolverine, and they made it PG-13. And then, oh, they're God like, oh it. no, but we can't make it more than that because, you know, R-rated films won't ever sell as a comic book movie. 
Sad Fish is a character who stabs people with his fists. He just cuts people's there's, heads off constantly. There's, there's gonna be fucking bloody... That, if you're going to like, do the Samurai Jack route and make you fight robots. Yeah. Because that's how they get around that. Like One of my favourite examples of like skirting around censorship is Samurai Jack. In that movie, they con- I own that TV show, in the fir- at least in the first four seasons. Mm. Every enemy he fights is a robot. And they yeah, got around yeah. putting blood and guts in where it's wires and oil. But um, and they have, there's like, a couple the of fights with people like the um, the like big Scottish guy. Yeah. But like and every like, time they just become allies with him instead. And you'll see like the occasional like cut on the face with like a little yeah, bit of blood. Yeah. But like they have Samurai Jack like viciously cutting people in half. But because they're robots, it's okay. <laughs> and they make a, they do a really cool nod to that in the um, the new season they did the final season for Adult oh, yeah. Swim where they were told you put as much blood as you want we don't give a shit like the first time he cuts a human person and sees blood like Jack reacts with surprise he's never seen it before <laughs> so it's because obviously he's like whoa wait well this is a real person what's this blood shit that's coming out of them there's not, not oil and wires flying out of this oh man but speaking of a show that ends on a fucking shit ass note man Samurai Jack did you watch that Oh no, I didn't. Right, I'm a huge fan of that show, and when I found out, yeah, we were going to do one more season, ten years later, with all the original people except for the voice of a coup, because like the guy died. Oh fuck! Yeah, like the guy died, and he was like, so we'll bring someone in, and he did a pretty good job, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And we're going to like do a final season to explain like Jack finally gets to go home. Are you familiar with the story of Samurai Jack? Um, so he gets sent forward to the future, doesn't he? Yeah, by an evil um, entity called a coup, and because basically a coup tortures him to stop him from going back in time. And yeah, whole because is, Samurai Jack was like the only one that could defeat him from stopping him taking over the world. Was that right? And the, and the idea is he wants to go back in time to save the world. Mm-hmm. And the new series says, like, oh, he's been travelling for God knows how long. Um, he's been cursed by whatever it um, powers that be to wander the earth as an immortal, like just travelling Ronin, oh, killing right, yeah, everything yeah. in his path. To basically until he can go back, and um, it's like loads, like long part of the story is him trying to get his sword back because he loses the sword, which okay. is the only thing that can kill a coup. And then he meets like um, like something called like the daughters of a coup, which is a human girl who was raised to basically to kill Samurai Jack, and they have like yeah. this whole romance plot going on. And the final episode is he goes like he kills a coup in like ten seconds, goes back in time. Um, everything's happy. He goes back with like you know his new his new love that he found, his wife, and mm. then she fades away into nothing and dies, and then it just ends. It's like oh, okay, cool, thanks. What this this character oh, who's never God. had a happy ending in any episode, oh, even God. gets shit on in the series they revive to give him a happy ending. <laughs> oh, no. just, you couldn't give the character who spent canonically in the context of this universe spent hundreds of years. Just travelling, trying to help everyone as best he can and getting shit on every step of the way. Just to he go couldn't... back in time and save the world from the fucking apocalypse. And then his girlfriend just dies and disappears. It's like, oh, oh come no. on. <laughs> it's so harsh. The thing is, I watched that when I was younger. Um, rewatched it when maybe about like five to ten years ago now. I highly and recommend it. It's really good. It is fantastic. But as soon as I heard they were bringing it back for the final season, it was a... I think I'm just going to let this sit as a good memory in my head. The final season's good up until the end. It, like, it drops the ball at the end. It's more similar to Game of Thrones, to bring it back to that. I think where... I'd rather remember it as a great show that got cut yeah. short than a show that had a really just disappointing end. 
Like where the writer came in and said the ending wasn't for you. It's like, well, who the fuck was it for? <laughs> it's like, really, who was it for? As far as I can see, it's really, really disappointing to see this character I've like I've invested like ten years of my life into just like get shit on oh, one God. last time for no reason. You know what though? Get- I um there's one thing that just reminded me of. And um it's the ending of The Last of Us. Like the mm. the naughty dog PS3, PS4 game. Yeah. Um, so there's a point. Spoilers. Spoiler. Spoiler. Spoilers. Um, right at I've the very spoiled, end. Of the game, we've we've spoiled like four things so far. We've not- yeah, but this is like the very pinpoint end of the game. But anyway. Okay. Um, so the end of the game. Um, Ellie, who is like your kind of like um, sidekick, if you will, for the game. Your um, ward. One of the two main characters. She is basically going to die, and Joel rushes to go and save her and basically you think when you're running up and killing all these people to try and go and save her that you're basically going to get given a decision to make of like do you let her die and save people or do you just kill everybody and take her and be selfish yeah save her like let her sacrifice her for the greater good or yeah exactly acting your own self and you you get no choice you get no choice you have to just murder everyone and take her and be selfish yeah, and you know what? I like that because I that's, do. That's in that's and the character. Exactly, choice it makes sense that. for Joel because at the start of the game, he, he like loses his daughter. daughter and doesn't want the same thing to happen because he basically thinks of Ellie as a daughter, and it's just really cool to me. But then like Naughty Dog just coming out and being like, "No, fuck you! You don't get a choice." Yeah, like, this I is like the that story because... wanted to tell. Yeah, we wanted to tell this story. A choice would have cheapened that. And as well, yeah, exactly. it would have made it really awkward for a sequel. Because I'm glad that game's <laughs> game one. But, oh, the sequel man. where you probably play as Ellie, and people are like, wait, my Ellie died. Yeah. I um, My favourite example of that, though, is the game XCOM. Have you played it at all? Oh, fucking the Xbox love XCOM. Right, um, right. Um, there's XCOM, there's XCOM 2, um, and XCOM has like several endings. I'm talking about, I don't know specifically which one, it's Enemy Unknown, I think it is, one of the Xbox. So there's um, Enemy Unknown, which had the enemy within expansion, and then yeah. there's XCOM 2 as well. Okay, so XCOM, Enemy Unknown. There's several endings to that game, mm-hmm. and basically it's um, an alien invasion, and depending on how well you do, it can either be that the aliens were benevolent, or yeah. they were hostile, or they were somewhere in between where they were trying to help humanity by forcing them to adapt. To yeah, yeah. And, it's, and I find this so amazing that XCOM 2, because XCOM 1 was so brutally difficult that 90% of players just failed and got the bad ending. Oh, that my the, God. The, con- the canonical ending of XCOM 1 now is that every single... Um, world leader pushed out immediately and surrendered to the aliens. <laughs> the canonical ending is that humanity just surrendered instantaneously and no one as part of XCOM could do anything to stop it. Oh man, I think that's great. Like, the canonical ending is just Earth gave up. <laughs> just, we, we give up. We surrender. <laughs> and that's why um, XCOM 2 just starts with like, oh wait, I played XCOM 1 and defeated the aliens. Oh no, they rule the Earth now. Yeah, because apparently like, the game was just so difficult, everyone lost. So they made it, and that was apparently it came as a big surprise to the developers. Like, oh, oh really? we had to change. Yeah, we we looked at the stats and just found out everybody lost. <laughs> so we made. So that's apparently you know what? To... That that game was fucking hard. 
Oh yeah, it's it's so hard. And you know, and, uh, it's even harder if you don't save scum it and just reload every time somebody dies. I, I do that, yeah. Fuck that. No one's dying on my team. <laughs> I'm not doing no Nuzlocke run a fucking XCOM bollocks to that. Everyone There's lives. literally the Iron Man mode, which is just it saves after every turn, so you can't do it. You can't stop. Like if your guy gets killed by a lucky shot, so he's dead. That's the worst thing. Is just like, oh, you've got a 95 percent shot to take out this enemy in one go. Oh, he missed. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Oh, Matt. Okay. I have seen like. Um, this is a big, big fucking recommend for people out there. Go watch the two best friends play of XCOM Enemy Unknown 2. Because they have some fucking amazing moments in that. Like, they have one where they've got the character model has the gun inside the alien's head. Oh, God. And the hit chance is 45% and they miss. <laughs> and it's it's like, you can't, but you've never seen someone fail so hard oh. for so long just so consistently is fucking it's like watching someone fall downstairs in slow motion oh, it's God, like God. It's, it's beautiful and you can't look away and it's everything just goes wrong that can go wrong oh I think we've um, we've discovered a game we need to play together <laughs> oh man we need to do that shit now we've got oh, all that we've got all that Xbox Game Pass for a pound apparently so oh, get, get fucked every other game manufacturer out there Microsoft is like yeah do you want to just have unlimited access to a library of games for a pound when Ubisoft turn around and go oh access to Ubisoft games is 15 pounds a month for a month that's 200 pounds a year and that's the same day that Xbox put out a Game Pass Ultimate deal for a pound for a month and just automatically upgraded my year's worth of Xbox to Xbox can we talk about so we're talking about games for your little thing that you're doing, but like, that's something I do want to talk about because oh, that yeah. is amazing. So, like, set the scene for us, Lucas. Right. You tell me, because you, you're the one who let me know about this deal. I am. So I was just casually scrolling through Twitter and I see this deal um, from, I think it was um, Cheap Ass Gamer on Twitter that let me onto it. Solid name. Um, solid, yeah. So follow them for uh, some nice little deals. But yeah, it was just, oh, for one dollar... I got a month worth of Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass, which is called Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And again, strong name. It upgraded my Xbox Live service. So basically, um, I have a year's worth of Xbox Live Gold, and I paid for like a month of Game Pass recently for like a pound or something, but I don't have Game Pass. With this, I paid one pound. To add Game Pass to whatever subscription of Xbox Live Gold I had. So I added Game Pass onto my subscription for 10 months for £1 and for $1 in America. Yeah, and I saw that and I went, no, 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 no. I can bullshit this even more. And I read the small print because I'm a dick like that. <laughs> and I read the small print. And the small print says that this deal probably might still be on now. So if anyone's out there, they've got an Xbox, go check it, it is, out. Like, it we're is not being promoted on. to say this. It's just, it's a good deal and I own an Xbox. I'm not sure whether it'll be still on by the time that the 20th of June hits when this comes up, but... But we shall see. If it is, I'd go look for it because it's a fucking good deal. And I, Most I read the small print and went, hang on. The thing it says here is it will upgrade an Xbox Live, existing Xbox Live subscription up to 36 months. Oh, Meaning, theor- theoretically, if I had 36 months of Xbox Live loaded onto my account, I could upgrade that to this Ultimate Pass for £1. For and three I don't years have, worth of Game Pass. 
And I don't have a lot of money to like do that on the hit. But I went onto eBay and I went, okay, let's look and get some cheap month-long passes. Yeah, yeah. And I went and I got like three or four of them and then a couple of 14-day ones and then like a two-month one. Like all, in, all in total, I spent like 12, 14, 15 quid on top of my other one. Oh, man. And got my Xbox Live subscription to like not run out till next December. So about <laughs> 16 months and then paid the pound. And it worked. So I now have for like £20, I have a year and a half of just unlimited access to whatever that library includes. Which, which is include, insane. Which will include Halo 6 on launch when it launches. And let's I just paid point a context. pound for Halo 6. Like every single first party Xbox game, day one on Game Pass, it's a really good deal, eight pounds a month or like ten dollars a month or whatever. It is but in for America. a pound for sixteen months, but a pound is for sixteen months is insane. And on the same day that they they announced this at E three, Ubisoft, like a publisher, went, okay, you know, we've we've got our own Ubisoft pass, fifteen dollars a month to only play Ubisoft games, just Ubisoft oh, games, oh, only on PC. And I just thought, I went, I can't believe you would announce this, you fucking idiots. <laughs> On the same I have just day that Xbox just... announced that deal, and also the fact that Game Pass is coming to PC as well. So you can also play all your Xbox backwards compatible games on PC <laughs> for £1 for however long you happen to have Xbox Live, up to 36 months. It's insane, man. It reminds me of, like, Spotify is a big one, isn't it? Oh, and yeah, yeah. I... I love Spotify, but I hate paying for Spotify. So my current deal that I have at the moment is when I got my most recent phone contract. Mm-hmm. Part of my phone contract gives me unlimited uh, Spotify premium account and unlimited Wi-Fi or like downloads oh, of okay, data yeah. while using Spotify. So Spotify doesn't affect my data. So I oh, can just download. So if I'm on a train, I can just download playlists or podcasts, as much stuff as I want without using my data. Yeah, Prior yeah. to that, though, there was a deal that was on Spotify if, with Sony. And if you had a Sony PlayStation account, you could get a year's worth of Spotify for like a pound. Oh, really? Or some, or it was like three months, four months or something like that. And you can make a PlayStation account online for free with, a, <laughs> with an email address. And you can make a new Spotify account for free. So, with so a what li- I do is... A little bit of grinding and a little bit of hard work. <laughs> Yeah, so every three months, what I do is I just make a new, a new random, um, uh, like email account with like the uh, the next number along from the previous email account. Call password that was, three at hotmail.co.uk. Yeah, that one, and I get a, get my PlayStation. And I would log in. To, like, you don't even need a PlayStation to so just log in on the PlayStation like website. Oh click yeah. Click the Spotify deal. Make a new Spotify account like Carl Smallwood Spotify three, and then what you do <laughs> is with the old account. Put all of your music into a playlist, and then with the new account, follow your old account oh. to get their playlists. <laughs> so your playlist just carries over. And oh, I did that for the Spotify system. Yeah, I did that for about two or three years, and paid in total about five or six pounds <laughs> to have Spotify Premium all throughout university. Meanwhile, I'm a chump and just pay ten pounds for it every month. Yeah, exactly. But I, I love deals like that. I am all on board with massive big companies going, "Oh yeah, use our thing for a pound." Not realizing that people like me will read that small print and figure out how to, like, you know, oh yeah, abuse it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is, I since love shit Game like Pass that. has come out on Xbox, they've every month or two had like an offer where it's like, get try out Game Pass for a pound. 
Yeah, one pound so for one month. I have had Game Pass for about six months so far, and also have now added it to my Xbox Game Pass Ultimate until it's the crazy. middle of next year. I have paid a total of about seven pounds for that. And on paper, it sounds like you're on a good deal, but even for Xbox, they're still getting a good deal because no physical media has changed hands. The only thing you've got is access to data. Yeah, access to data that costs them no more money. Yeah, and obviously, they're probably, they could be making more money out of you, but they've still got you in that ecosystem, but which I guess is more valuable to them in the long run. It's also more valuable to them because they've um, actually got data since Game Pass has come out that more people buy games when they've got Game Pass. Because people because will they be get like... The deals. Yeah, oh, uh, you get an offer on uh, the game through Game Pass, thing, you get like 20% off, but people try the game, know that they like the game, and then are willing to buy it because they don't want it to go away. That's things. Um, I did that recently because I got that deal. I'm like, oh, Skyrim's got a Game Pass deal 15 quid. I've played that game fucking hundreds of hours, mm-hmm. and I got Skyrim again. I was like, fuck it, I'll play through Skyrim. One more time, because I'm stuck at my oh, brother's yeah, house. Yeah. Like I've got nothing to do. Like to record this podcast, I'm sat at his kitchen fucking table <laughs> with a with a dog just staring at me, going, "Carl, what are you doing? You've been talking to yourself. You've been talking to yourself for an hour drinking beer. Should I call the police? <laughs> it's like if, if his dog was a service dog, he would have like called nine 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 and just lied <laughs> across my feet while whinging. It's oh, crazy. God. So I'll play Skyrim again, and I've I forgot like just how much fun that game can be. It's okay, oh, it's me. so good. And one of the things I notice though is it always cracks me up. The line that always gets me is when you go to a blacksmith and you go, I don't claim to be, you know, the, the, the best blacksmith in Skyrim. What do you have for sale? The finest weapons and armor. <laughs> it's like, really? Really? And it's just like iron that? armor. Yeah. It's like, really? I've got like up. fucking dragon scale armor in my inventory. And before that, um, I was playing because my brother has a few games here, but not many. He has, he has Oblivion. I was oh, playing Oblivion nice. for a bit. I'm like, you know what? I want to play Skyrim now. I played Oblivion. Yeah, and that's why I, I paid like the, the money to download. Well, the I was thing playing is, that. I am constantly waiting for a deal on Skyrim on the Switch because man, yeah, it's, it's fifty quid all the time. Forever. It's fifty quid all the time. But the idea, if it goes down to like twenty quid, because I've already bought Skyrim twice and all the DLC twice. But if it comes onto the Switch for about twenty quid, the full buy edition of the game. It. And I can get that portably and take Skyrim wherever I want. That is insane. But I was playing Oblivion and I forgot how funny that game is because there's like loads of beggars in that game. But the voice acting, I guess it's like it's entered meme status now of how bad it was. Just the voice acting and like the facial animations in that game. All the bloom as well, where every character just looks like a fucking Dark Souls creator character where you set the brightness to full all the time. Yeah, because that was one thing. I, I only played Oblivion a few years after it came out. So obviously games on the 360 were looking a lot better than Oblivion by that point. Like, a lot better. But I just remember going into like the first open field and all of the mountains you can't see were anything. just like glowing. <laughs> Everything <laughs> in that like, game is just... On? The sheen. Just the sheen. That's, that's a sheen of magic in the world. Every mountain is just a, like a white flat texture going upwards that just shines from the blue. But I forgot about like the just how bad like the voice mixing is. You'll go to a oh, beggar and they go, please, please, sir, just, just one coin. One coin I can eat for a day. Here's a coin, beggar. Thank you, kind sir. <laughs> like, Wait, what? What happened to you? What's this about? What's this hustle? 
Oh, it's so true as well. Because every oh the fact that like you'll walk into a town and like the radiant AI in that game again I've done a video about it but it's so so bad. Calm down, pupper. The oh. dog's just like rolling. He's rolling around like a dickhead to try and get attention. <laughs> it's like rolling around the cabin. It's okay. Shh, shh, shh. Just six more hours and I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, Lucas, you're here for long all now, mate. You push. I know, yeah. But you're walking to a town like the radiant AI is so good and yet at the same time so terrible. Oh, mm. Wait, you get to see if it, if it shows up on the mic. Best noise. Dog on laminate. It does all of it. You can hear it a little bit. Just I can hear it. Flooring. No, where are you going? There we go. Oh, she's coming back now. Welcome to our professional podcast. Shh, it's fine. <laughs> who, don't want, who don't want to hear a dog walking on laminate flooring? But, um, yeah. Okay, what was I talking about? Yeah, the Radiant AI is that um, like every character in the game has like a set schedule. And they oh, are yeah, quite... Yeah. Programming to act um, within the parameters programmed for them, like characters who have like a low, I think it's a morality, or there's something that basically the lower this is, the more likely they are to commit crimes to accomplish goals. Oh, okay. Say, for example, it's time for them to eat and they have no food in their inventory and they have no money, they will go steal it. Or if they've got a good morality, they'll go hunt it. Oh, and there's okay. a famous example that I had to go check out as soon as I find it. City Swim, I think in the city of Brazil or something. Hmm. It's this Argonian beggar who um, is programmed to like have really low morality, so they will steal to eat, but they've got really bad sneak skill. <laughs> so what will happen is, usually, if you go to this city straight away as soon as the game starts, they will usually either be dead or being chased by the police. <laughs> because what happens is, almost immediately, because they're a beggar, they have no food and or money, and they will go and just steal food. Just get straight the guards. Just their the first constable. option is just steal. But because like they can't pay fines, because they've got the ability to steal but not pay fines or interact with guards, yeah. the guards will just brutally murder them for stealing bread. <laughs> oh, God. So if you go straight to this city, and I found her, like city swimmer, just like hauling the most amount of ass you have ever seen in Argonian <laughs> Hall, running away from like three armed guards... Gets like cut down in the street in cold blood like an animal. Oh, walk God. over to their corpse. Like first thing all the, the guards say is nothing to see here, citizen. <laughs> Go over, look in their inventory, a, a loaf of stolen bread, oh, no. which I mistakenly clicked on to pick it up, thinking this is really funny. I'll keep this. Um, but which means I was then pickpocketing, oh, which the no. guards then saw and killed me as well because I was low level and had no <laughs> items. It's like, no! So, within 30 seconds, the legendary hero, Kavach, has spawned into this world to save the world, and he's killed for stealing bread. <laughs> so, oh, so oblivion. Oh, Never I, stop. Um, I just, All I right, just sorry, love I'll, I'll take a, a quick break to let the, the dog go get something to eat. So oh, she's, okay. she's pacing because I think she wants to get some water, so I'll be back in a sec. Okay. We'll take we'll, a break uh, now. We'll continue this podcast for a moment. Alright, and we're back after Carl's dog venture, which segues quite nicely into what I've done with my week, which is, fuck all. <laughs> I've, I've been looking after my brother's dog, Poppy, who is sat right next to me now, staring at me like I've, like, you know, just shit in her cereal. I mean, Carl, so you, you should really not do that. You've never seen a dog who pretends to be as hard done by as this dog. <laughs> like my, my brother pampers the shit out of this dog. Like, when I came... 
Like, I'm dog sitting. I'm in his house for the week, so I've not really got. I can't do anything but just sit and watch TV and play Skyrim. <laughs> just make sure, sure the dog is looked after. <laughs> yeah, and I got in, and the first thing I get told is, like, when you leave the house, here is the six point plan you have to do to stop her from getting upset. Wait, like, what? Drag her. No, right. You have to drag her second bed into the kitchen. You have to give her several treats out of this specific box. You have to move the bin because she'll knock the bin over. You have to move everything off the side because she can jump up on the side and stairs out of the window until you get back. Oh, no. Move all your coats and personal items because she'll tear them up and throw them in her water bowl because she's annoyed that you've left. <laughs> and then when you get back in, you have to immediately... Walk through and let her out the other, do- uh, the other door, right into the back garden. She will piss herself with excitement, <laughs> even if you're going out to put the bins out. Oh no! <laughs> and every- and if you want to let her on the sofa, she has to have her blanket on the sofa. <laughs> which- and then when you have a cup of tea, make her a cup of tea because she'll cry if she doesn't get. A oh cup no! Of tea. So- Make her a separate, but make her out of this mug because she knows that's her mug. I was going to say because she's got a specific mug, doesn't she? Yeah, she's got a couple of specific mugs that she knows. So always you make hers out of this mug, but you have to make it with like two sugars and then you have to let it cool down because otherwise she'll burn a tongue. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I would be much rather looking after a newborn baby. There'd be less rules. <laughs> that's amazing. And it's the thing of like, um, if you go upstairs for the toilet, don't shut the door. Because she'll cry and headbutt away into the room. So just let her sit next to you as you have a poo. Oh my it's god. She was sat. She's so needy. How is... Like, like, what has he been bringing this dog up as? It's because she's a rescue dog. So she has oh. to be near people at all times. Oh, that's so adorable. But it's so fucking annoying. Because if you sleep, she has to stay in the bed with you. Oh. The problem is, though... That um, she crawls under, like she either sleeps on the pillow or under the quilt, which would be fine because I'm stopping in like my brother's fucking kids' room. Oh, but right, it's super yeah, yeah. annoying. It's super annoying because whenever I like, go brush my teeth, she knows, oh, it's bedtime now. She'll go and sit on my pillow with her ass on my pillow. <laughs> so it's just like dog ass on my pillow. It's like, fuck's sake. Just flip it over, Cole. You'll be all right. That's what I've had to do. Then, like, the next day I come, she's sat on that side. I was like, fuck's sake, stop sleeping. On, <laughs> like, stop sitting with your ass on my pillow. It's so annoying. And then oh, I wake dear. up in the morning and I try and go for the bathroom. But as soon as I lift up the quilt, she, like, growls at me because the quilt's been taken off. It's like, really? <laughs> this is my life now. It's like, oh. It's only your life so, for yeah. a week, Carl. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing for the past like three or four days, and that's what I'll be doing for the next like five days after this. <laughs> so I'm literally I'm just sat at home, and all I have to do because you can't leave the house for too long, unless she'll cry. Oh, so I, I try to go out shopping, obviously, to get the beer I've got for this, and like a bit of milk and a bit of bread. And I came back in, and she like tore the house apart. Like, for fuck's sake! Oh, no. <laughs> so I made the mistake of leaving her with one of her toys. So think, oh, she'll play with a toy. No, tore it apart. What but does he do? Like, does he not have to go to work? He does, yeah, but when he comes back in, she's pissed all over the floor. And it's like, oh, here's the piss bucket. Here is the dedicated piss bucket. Like the mop bucket and the mop oh, that you no. only use for mopping up the piss. And then use the second mop bucket to clean the floor. Oh. It's like, oh, what point of my life, of his life has he gotten to where he has a mop bucket dedicated to mopping up piss? Oh, so I hope I never get to that point. You know, that that is absolute love for that dog, though. It is, yeah. And that's why he says, like... Um, 
I want you to be home so I don't want to put her in a kennel otherwise I'm not going on holiday like, oh god <laughs> I promised it not realising like I think like eight nine months ago realised like the middle of fucking June it's like oh man I've got shit to do I've yeah. got videos to record so we've had to record the videos for the channel like luckily we've been doing them a couple of weeks in advance now so it's not that big a deal yeah yeah but it's more, it's just the timing of it coincided with Father's Day and my mum's birthday. So oh, I no. bags of presents home with all my stuff, with the laptop, with my recording stuff for this, which I can't leave out, obviously. Yeah. She'll yeah. chew it. So I've got to hide it in, a, like, my brother's bedroom, which she's not allowed in. Because if she goes in there, she'll cry because she'll smell my brother. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. So, so yeah, I that's... saw a tweet from you saying um, something about, like, not having enough content recorded, is that right? Um, I've got quite a bit of content recorded. No, it's like, we I, I saw something of, like, something's going to take a break because everyone's on holiday. Uh, yeah, it's Fact Fiend Focus. We can't do any of them because we didn't realise. We filmed, like, ten of those in a row. Yeah, yeah. Like, week after week. And then one week, Nisha just came in and went, there's no more focuses left. I went, wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. there's no more fact being focuses left I went oh bollocks um, can we record one this week so not really no because they're, they're drinking videos and I've got to drive and then Brad's on holiday and oh when does he get back oh Sunday oh shit I'm dog sitting my dog oh, oh no. bollocks so for no reason I and I put out like, there's no reason we've not doing it these have been really popular they've done really well we just all forgot we had none left and then Brad's on holiday and then I was going back to like dog sit and then just it all happened at once. We didn't realise. Oh, no. The same reason we're not doing like any E3 content, because I'm stuck. Not stuck, but I am here in a place where I don't have ready access to recording equipment except for a microphone. Yeah, of course. So ideally, I would have liked to record something, like maybe like a live reaction. Slide. But you know what? Best laid plans and all that. So maybe next year. I was going to say, yeah, just next year. Just like make everybody take some time off for E3 and, and make sure everyone's yeah, Coincide as well when I've started doing like a playthrough of like Revengeance with Brad. All right. And then yeah. Brad took a week off and then I've taken a week off. So it was like two weeks where we can't record. And there was like seven episodes which we could I couldn't pace out enough for the oh, week. No. <laughs> and then I was really bored. So what I did is I played through Revengeance and accidentally completed the game. Oh, no. So next time, like, presumably this episode we're going to around the same time, like the newest episode of Revengeance will be going up. If yeah. I get yeah. Brad over to record. In which you'll see that I accidentally completed the game and just now have all the items. <laughs> so you'll notice that with my rider now is just like glowing red all the time. Which yeah. is just like powered by like unlimited energy. So you'll still be going through your playthrough with Brad, is that right? It's more the idea you want to experience the story. Oh, right, I just thought okay. I'd go through because in that game, you don't unlock anything good until you complete the game at least once. Yeah, yeah. So I thought if I complete it once and get like the new swords and then some of the new like, items and bodies for Raiden, mm-hmm. we can at least show them off for Brad. Oh, okay. Cool. And also I, was bo- also I was bored and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do for tw- like, I think I'm here for 10 days. Unlock up on Brad I, I, I can't leave the house for more than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so if my brother leaves, it's fine, but she doesn't really know me that well. Yeah. Of course. It's taken a while. Like, I've got to like, get there and pop it warm up to me. Oh, that's so... so like, it's so sad it's for sa- Poppy, though. It sounds adorable until you realise you can't take a shit. Like, you try to get a shower <laughs> and she plans to take a shower with you. And then you tell her to get out and she runs downstairs and jumps on the sofa piss wet through. It's like, oh. no! It's like, this is new, like, two grand sofa. I'm like, no, no, don't do that! No, the thing is, like, I understand how much of a bore, like, it is. 
but also just like from the perspective sound, of yeah. the dog, it's just so heartbreaking. Yeah, because like she's afraid that every time someone leaves the house, she's been left on her own, even though every single time they come back and give her treats. Yeah. So it's fair enough. It's just it. It's incredibly annoying when you're just like when I'm trying like sat um, just doing work on my laptop. Oh yeah, of course. Come, yeah, yeah. And she'll nudge over, and then she'll put her head on my lap. It's like, I don't mind this, but you can't do this because your paws are not on the specific like the specific mat for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> like my brother and his girlfriend have got an agreement where she can go on the sofa, but only on her rug. But her rug's not big enough to cover the entire sofa. Oh right, yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, oh man. No, it's just this weird thing where she has to like, yeah, has to maintain as much bodily contact with you as possible. So if you lean forward ever so slightly on the sofa, like to like change the channel or grab your cup of tea, she'll sneak in and go behind you. Oh, no. So you're leaning back. So for fuck's sake, stop it! Or when I'm asleep in bed and she's got to sleep by my feet, if I happen to roll over, she'll like crawl up onto my back, so I can't roll back over again without crushing. It's like, oh god, damn it! Oh, I'm gonna it... I'm gonna wake up in the morning just wearing this dog. <laughs> It's just one of those things that I was like, oh, like, me and you both love dogs and uh, appreciate yeah. dogs, but it's always one of those of, like, oh, it's cute, but it's not your baby. Yeah, if I if I had a dog, I would not raise it to be that fucking needy. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it, so I dote on, like, all the pets I've had, I dote on them, but... I think my brother is just such a soft touch when it comes to this dog, but he acts like such a hard nut the rest of the time, which makes it so funny. <laughs> So like he's proper, he's like your traditional like Yorkshire ten men. Yeah. Like he works in like a garage and all that shit. Then he's got his little dog Poppy with like a little pink collar <laughs> and a dedicated <laughs> pink mug for her tea that she drinks sugar out of. The dedicated that... piss bucket. <laughs> that's that's love, that isn't it? Love is a dedicated bucket to mop up piss. I think that's that's how you define love. It is just a, a bucket of piss dedicated. If you Other love that, something enough to dedicate a bucket to mopping up piss for it, I think you love it. That is, yes. There's not really much to do, and it's like one unfortunate side effect is um, I've tried to be healthy this last couple of months, like because I'm going back to America in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, yeah. So my idea is like before I go, I want to get like at the very least in somewhat decent shape. So I'm basically going to spend a week in America eating shit food and drinking beer. Yeah, of course. The problem is, like, my brother has said, oh, I'll buy food in for you, Carl. Don't worry, I'll get all your food in. He's just bought, like, packets of pasta and beans. Oh, God. And bacon. And I feel, like, fair enough, like, all the 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 non the stuff that can't go off is fine, but he filled the fridge with, like, bacon and sausages. Oh, no. So this morning, I, I noticed, oh, man, all this bacon goes off, and I feel really bad if my brother spent all this money. And Even you though he won't know if it. I just throw it away. So I cooked all of the bacon. <laughs> and I just sat and just ate ten slices of bacon. Oh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just sat on the sofa, like feeling really sorry for myself, going, "Oh man, I have to go to the gym like so much next week to make up for this." <laughs> because like, I feel so bad if I like, I threw it all away. It's like the first day I got here, like I'd noticed that he bought yakult and oh, those weird right. yogurt drinks, but he'd not noticed that they're all going off tomorrow. So my first night, here, I just drank six fucking yakult. Oh god! So if they go off, I'll feel bad. He spent money that I'm throw. I'm literally throwing his money. I in love the field. how like it but feels your, ungrateful. Your reasoning in your head is not. I will eat these in a manageable way. Just you've taken each food and eaten them in bulk. Yeah, because my my thinking is if I just like today all that bacon is probably all my calories for the day, including like these beers that I'm having, oh, which yeah. are only like hundred calories. Right, if I just have that and then just have like some fruit. 
And then later, what I'll do is I'll just like, you know, I'll make myself a salad with a bit of like grilled chicken in there. That'll do. Oh, God, Carl. I can, you need I can to keep eat on top in that regard. I can keep on regards that way. If you keep drinking beers all day and not eating, then uh, this podcast no, is going to go in an interesting Wait, way. I, I, do you not know, yeah, I've eaten 10 slices of bacon. Oh, that was today, okay. You'll be Yeah, right. with eggs. Yeah, I had eggs with it as well. But oh, I, had, right. I had scrambled eggs. I thought you were so just saying basically... you only had fruit and a salad. I was like, Carl. No, no, what I'll do is later is our fruit and a salad. Oh, okay. So like to keep, obviously, to keep up. And then tomorrow, I think what's left in the fridge is the sausages. And I'm like, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to eating like 10 sausages. You know so, what, Carl? It's what you do on a normal weekend. It was, it was bought with the best of intentions. It was. So I can't blame it. I'd feel bad throwing it away. But instead of and making thought, meals, you've decided to just eat everything as one item. Yeah. Because that's the way I work. And I thought, I can't really give it to the dog. Because he was, I was given explicit instructions, do not feed the dog. Oh, no, like, no, Do not no, feed like... the dog off you because she begs all the time as it is. Do not fucking do this. And I felt so bad sat there eating 10 slices of bacon. Last thing is, um, she, I've mentioned she before, me like, cooking. my sister's got a little chihuahua. And basically at one point she took it to the vet and the vet was like, you need to make sure you're not feeding her. Like, I'll, you know, like human food, like you've got to keep her on a healthy diet. Yeah. So every As time she's used to like coming up and seeing you with like a packet of crisps and just like giving you the the look, the puppy dog crisp. eyes. And nowadays you've just got to be like, I'm sorry, you're too fat and unhealthy. <laughs> you're too fat. As I eat six packets of crisps, <laughs> As I just wolf down. I'm gonna just bacon. shove ten slices of bacon in me and tell you how you need to eat healthier. <laughs> <laughs> it's super nice. I can't go to the gym. And I can't go out for a run. She's been pissing it down with rain for the past three days. Mm-hmm. And there's not really that much space in my brother's house. So what I've had to do is do like, you know, the like P90X thing. Of like, oh, walk up and down the stairs like 50 times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just do like 10 press-ups and then like 10 um, uh, tricep dips and all that stuff. But it doesn't feel like I'm exercising enough because I'm used to going to the gym and like... Okay, just lift these giant heavyweights ten times and you're done. Yeah, exactly. I'm not used to having to do- go till failure, and it's really it's like, oh, this is really boring. Yeah, that thing is like, um, so like body weight training, like calisthenics, is meant to be like very good for you if you want to become like leaner. But I'd say it doesn't feel like as much of a workout until you like push yourself to the very brink. And you know what? I'm not about that. Like. <laughs> I like my gym session when I go for an hour and come out fucking knackered. Yeah. Right? When I leave almost dead. That's my ex. I don't want to go for two and a half hours and go out and go, oh, can't wait for a run later. It's like, no. No. No, that's the thing is, like, I've been trying to, because I'm attempting to, like, slim down rather than put on muscle. I've tried the whole, like, weight machine side of things. Hasn't gone very well. But now I'm trying to transition into, like, mainly cardio. And just running on a treadmill for, like, 30 minutes to an hour is so boring. It is, yeah. I have no problem it, doing it. It's just the boredom factor. That's why I like my exercise routine. Just go in, lift weights. It's fine. Yeah, like, I was figuring it out when I, was, when I start getting to a better level of kind of, like, the cardio side of things and calisthenics and stuff. That's going to be a two, three-hour gym session if I want to push myself further. Oh. And I'm like, no, I just want to get in and get out. I don't want to be there for hours. It's so bad, isn't it? You have to do it. It's the price you pay when you have like a weekend where you eat ten slices of bacon. But you know what? Instead, Fuck I'm just going to sit here, drink alcohol and watch E3. 
And it's, it's fine because I know that when I go back, because I go to the, uh, the gym with a friend, yeah, that yeah. they go every day and so do I. And I've got no excuse because while I'm here, I thought, I'll just get all my writing done. Oh, yeah, of course. Because people have ever wondered, the way um, Fact Fiend works is I write three articles for the website, Fact Fiend website per week, mm-hmm. which I've, I figure means at the very least there will be enough articles to make videos for the following week. And I used to write more, but obviously now Fact Fiend has taken up that basically. It's the majority of my earnings. I can do that full time. Oh, so yeah, my of course. Thinking is I'm going to try and get like, three or four weeks of articles done. So I can like... go back, just do filming, and just go to the gym. And as you say, like, it's always better to have that kind of, like, contingency plan of having things filmed and, like, written so far in advance because, I mean, admittedly, well, actually, yeah, we've got focus, but it does lessen the chances of you just being like, oh, well, we don't have this week. Yeah, well, the thing is, we had enough filmed in advance where, um, even though we've started filming in the office, like, three weeks ago, we've only just started using footage that we shot in the office. And we fa- I found out the other day... Oh no! All the audio's messed up. I'm like, oh my god, no! We oh, filmed no. like fif- we filmed like fifteen fucking videos in that office. You tell me the first one we've done has got. So that means they're all messed up. Oh, it turns out it was no. a, it was a setting wrong on the camera that you can fix in post production. Like, oh thank god. Oh okay, that's not too bad. That was a, because we were filming like uh, for some reason we set it to mono. It's like no, you can fix it. You can just layer the track and make it a stereo track because it was only coming through when like Brad spoke. It came through one speaker. I'm like oh no, oh, that's no. terrible. And that's gonna be like fifteen. That's gonna be like four weeks of videos where the audio's messed up. Yeah, yeah. And luckily we've managed to fix it. But oh man! And as a listener, that is an awful thing. I had a song, especially um, with headphones. Yeah. Yeah, I had a song that I was playing through Spotify, and uh, this was just like a oh, like recommended for you playlist. And I'd never heard this song before. Turn my headphones on, and it's the first song I play, and the intro only plays through the left hand side. Fuck that. And I no, was like, oh it. no, my headphones. I was like, I've spent a lot of money on these fucking headphones and they're dying on me already. I was like, Tenor. oh shit. Tenor and then, on like, headphones. then the song kicks in and it just happened to be that like the intro was only on the left hand side. But man, that put me into panic mode. It's like, don't do that shit. Well, that was a worry we had. Hopefully we fixed that. There's a hope few so. niggling issues with like um, stuff we recorded in the new office. I think because, like, the camera I bought is better than the one Brad and Nisha had, but the lens is worse. And apparently the lens is what makes the camera, which I wish someone had told me when I bought the fucking camera. Oh, no. So like I could have bought a cheaper camera and a better lens, but now I've got to, like, use money next month to buy a better lens. So yeah. the quality of the visual fidelity is ever so slightly less, and now the audio quality is ever so slightly less. So even though it, we've improved the filming area, it's going to look worse oh, no. and sound worse than when we filmed in a bedroom. Oh god. Which baffles me, which is amazing, but we'll figure it out. Hopefully, it's one of those things where I notice it, Brad notices it, Nisha notices it, a, a handful of people watching the videos might notice it, the vast majority of viewers won't give a exactly. shit. Exactly, the vast majority of people me. will not notice, but it's unfortunate when you've got like those hardcore fans that do. Because I'll get like 10 fucking tweets saying, do you know the audio is messed up in the late series? Like, yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> we, had to uplo- we had to upload it as is, because otherwise there'd have been no video, and then I don't get paid. You know what, Carl? Just put our tweet before they all complain at you. Yeah, so that's the um, the major issue of this, which we're trying to sort that out. So when we go back to the office next week, and we try and get... Cause you're coming over like next week. I, I, the day this goes live on Brew, I should the day be after that, you'll be coming day? up. You'll be in Sheffield and we're recording a bunch of content 
either or streaming at the very least for a couple of I, I, uh, I think through the weekend, won't we? I would presume a bit of both. Yeah, so people can look forward to that. And uh, so prior to that I'm gonna have to be going to obviously just record a bunch of extra footage, sort all this out. Yeah, yeah. Sort my office out, catch up on my work. My plant needs fucking feeding as well, it's a ball ache. So I've got a plant now. <laughs> so that's like find someone who water my plant, but I ain't got a spare set of keys and had to take the plant to the person's house. Oh god, yeah. And I took it in a carrier bag, but it was raining. So the carrier bag got full of water, so my plant got wet. But you know what? So then I had to it got water drain out the plant. Oh. Yeah, it got water, but I had to drain it out for fuck's sake. I find that, like, I always, like, looking after plants when I was younger and stuff, found that a very weird concept of, like, you need to make sure the plant is watered, but don't water it too much because it'll drown. And you're like, oh no! I uh, I got it because I was like at B and Q or some shit. I'm like, you know what I need for my flat? Because I've got a nice little flat. You've been to my flat, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little man flat, but it was too much of a guy flat. But you know so what? I noticed no, that when you it didn't have enough Dragon Ball glasses. That's the thing. It's like when you went when it's my fridge, you opened it up and there was like three beers and a stick of butter. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't have that anymore. Because if girls come over or friends come over, that's depressing. So I've got a good job. I've got. I spend all my time at home. I can't. I can't have an. I've no, no excuse for not having a nice house. I was going to say. Like, what yeah, like, do? I'll buy a plant. That's the funny thing is working in a restaurant. I don't need food in the flat most of the time. So like when people. But it looks really bad if it, it's just empty, and it's like oh well, other people feed me. Yeah, but it was looking. It was looking really bad when people coming around. The only thing in my yeah, fridge yeah. is like a protein shake and a Tesco meal deal. I like <laughs> Tesco meal deals. It's good. It's got it's got exactly as much protein as I need for the gym. So that's like start buying all my nice... I bought a plant. And you and walk it's this in little and fruit you go, treat. why does this mansion only have a stick of butter in the fridge? Stop talking about... <laughs> I've not got a YouTube mansion, you bastard. <laughs> I've so got to get it this in little, <laughs> This fruit tree plant that has little oranges on it. But you can't eat the oranges. They're just there for fragrant reasons. Oh, okay. But you can put them in gin and tonics. So what Carl is saying now, is that he's got an orchard now? I've not got an orchard. Back I've got of a his single he's plant. got an orchard. But there's something just really classy about the idea. Because what I did is, because um, I've tried to start building up my alcohol collection as well. Because I don't drink as much now, so I don't like basically just hammer a bottle of vodka when I go out. Yeah, yeah. So I bought like really fancy gin, and I bought like, like you know, Fentiman's, like Clementine um, tonic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I brought, like, me and a mate were going out, and, oh, do you want a drink? And I went, yeah, I'll make you a gin and tonic, mate. And I made a proper gin and tonic, and I got, like, the little pla- the little fruit off my little tree, oh, yeah. cut it in half, and then, like, did the thing where you, like, um, uh, do burn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, you do when you're making a Cosmos, like, make it pop. Yeah. So people, if one another trick to it, say, get a bit of orange skin or any citrus fruit, um, cut a bit of the skin off, and um, curve it in your fingers in on itself towards the outside skin side, and it'll release um, some juices. Um, run a light under them and it catches fire. Works best with oranges, but it will work with most citrusy fruits, and that releases all the um, the scent. And then you drop that into your gin and tonic, and then you've got like, like shallots, a burnt orange gin and tonic. Oh, yeah. So I made like a burnt orange gin and tonic, like Clementine, and I was like, mm, that's really nice. But then my mates like hammered it in one. I was like, fuck's sake. I've <laughs> <laughs> all this effort into being classy, to make you a classy drink with like my own little, tiny little bit of fruit, and the first thing you do, you just hammer it in one go like a drunk girl trying Jägermeister. No, that is my concern. First is, time. I've always said to myself, and uh, my girlfriend agrees, just like, I'd really love to have like proper bar set up in our like, house when we eventually get one. But you just drink it all. But yeah, my my concern is, will I have the, the fucking like, um, 
ability to just not drink it all in one go. My worry is that I'll do what, because a mate of mine has done that. Like he said, he bit the bullet and he's went to Tesco or something and just spent 300 quid on booze. Mm-hmm. And he just said, because I don't have to buy booze for the rest of the fucking year. Yeah. And every time people come over, obviously people bring booze and then leave it at the house. I can add more to the collection. Yeah, yeah, of course. But he said, the problem is now, though, every time I'm bored, I'll just come in and I'll make myself a cocktail. Yeah, that's the issue. And he says, like, and as classy as it feels, they're sitting there watching, like playing Rocket League, drinking like um, like whiskey or like a, a Cosmo or something. It's probably kind of bad when he's got work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so British people already have a reputation of binge drinking too much. But that's the thing is, so, like, uh, it's kind of the opposite of like, it's, I think as I've grown a bit older, the issue isn't binge drinking, it's the having a casual drink. Oh, yeah, man. That's the word. That's why I had to stop. That's why I had to stop because I was putting too much weight on. Well, yeah. Casual, drink, casual drinking was uh, making me put on so much fucking weight. And so I realised, I can actually, I can casually drink if I drink gin and tonics. <laughs> gin and tonics is 60 calories. Carl found his workaround. Yeah, that's, that's the way. Um, Meanwhile, I just drink I think... rum and cider and have all of the sugar. Yeah, that's the way. Oh, man. So I think when I was in America... And because they have a thing that they do, like the shot and chaser thing, or like the the chaser to a pint of beer is a thing they do. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It's one of those things where I like the idea of it. I like the idea of uh, like a boiler maker, where like you drop a shot of whiskey and a pint of beer or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. The problem is Americans just don't know how to pour beer. Oh, really? Like they don't know how to pour a beer and like give it a proper head or anything like that. It's terrible. Oh no! Like every bar I've been in so far in America has made shit fucking beer. And I don't get... And obviously, American beer itself is not that great. No. Like, that's why I'm drinking a Bud Light right now, and it's because it's, it's white water. Like, so the British palate, American beer, is like drinking lemonade. That's the thing is... And I think to, it's right, yeah. Like, Europeans, British beer is awful. Was it you who was talking to me last week about that? Yes. Like, it you was, said you yeah, had yeah. the friend from Belgium, they bought Stella, just took one sip and went... <laughs> Why did we buy a crate why, of this? Why have I bought a crate of just what amounts to fucking just a tramp socks so one run out into a glass? It's like fucking horrendous. Well, like, there's just like because I think alcohol drinking is the it's the one thing that's still classy despite being bad for you. Because smoking had that for so long. Smoking was cool for, for so a long, long, long time. Even after, well, long after people knew it was bad for you, yeah. like horrendously bad for you to the point where this thing will like take a noticeable percentage of your life away from you. Yeah. And it's, and it smells. I think it alcohol still awful. got that classy reputation. Somehow, yeah. But that thing is, it has a classy reputation depending on what you drink. Yeah, because you're like, you live in Liverpool, you see the unclassy side of it every weekend. I, I certainly do. <laughs> I'm still baffled. Like, I heard this before I went to Liverpool that the idea of girls putting rollers in their hair mm-hmm. before a night out and keeping them in all day. I thought that was like a myth or like a joke people told about Liverpool. So I remember seeing like a news story about it. I joined those like offbeat, like oh um, yeah, yeah, uh, news, news of the weird type things. Mm-hmm. Thought that's obviously like a minority of people. And I've been to your house, like to Liverpool, a few times, and it's every weekend. Oh it's yeah, crazy. every weekend we get. People come into our restaurant like either like makeup half done, rollers in the hair, pajamas still on, in a onesie. It's actually ridiculous. Because it's it's so commonplace, no one really questions it. Do no, they? no, no. Like it is. I, just I kind a of like it. Thing. 
I kind of like respect the commitment to the sesh that you will get ready at like three o'clock in the fucking afternoon. People take days off, don't they? People will get ready at out. like ten o'clock in the morning, go out in their getting ready status, and then do the shopping, like, like yeah, do the weekly shop, do the shopping, get lunch. their outfit for the night, go back home, and then they'll get ready properly. It's it's crazy. Oh, I respect the insane. commitment like, to just getting drunk that much. The fact that people are just okay with it, though, is kind of amazing. Well, the most like, effort I go to for an hour is I'll go to a shop and buy a new t-shirt. I would. And it's invariably, <laughs> invariably, it's a plain t-shirt. Yeah. I just wear plain. I'm at that point in my life now where I just wear plain black t-shirts. Oh, Carl, come on. But, you say your point in what? your life. You've been at that point since I've known you. I have, but I always I don't have that period where I wore graphic tees for a bit, and I had like the weird obscure graphic tees. Oh, okay, like, yeah, that yeah. was in like in the fact theme videos. I used to wear weird t-shirts for a bit, but then noticed that um, they have a really awful habit of like the graphics fall off and look terrible unless you buy good ones. Oh, okay. Um, I had the period where I wore a shirt all the time. If you remember that, yeah, yeah. I had the period where I used to wear a backwards baseball cap all the time. We all remember um, that. I just, I, but, I got, but I just got to. A, you've got that hat still, you bastard. Well, I love that fucking. No, hat. no, Carl, you gave me that. <laughs> let's in a not, drunken state. Let's not when I was turn drunk. this around on me. So if we, the backstory to this is, I owned. Well, I didn't own. I was giving it for free at a night out. I was like, it was like for Fireball whiskey. It is Fireball, and they were handing out. Here is a just a Fireball whiskey trucker cap, and I put it on my head on the night out. And I think from that, I think for that point, for about a year and a half, I wore that hat everywhere. Just, just because I really, I really liked the hat. I just really liked the way it fit yeah, and yeah. the way it looked. And so I went, this is a really nice hat because I've got such a weird shaped square head <laughs> that I rarely find headwear that I think suits me. Other people say it does, but I, I personally never think it does. And that did. And then one night on a drunken night out, Lucas said, "Oh." I like that hat because you were moving away or something like that. And I went, oh, here's a souvenir to remember me by. And, the net, and I've regretted it ever since. Yeah, I was going to say. I've like, regretted it because I, I love that. I steal that shit. You turned around to me and went, you are moving away from Sheffield and we might not see each other very much. Take this hat as like a memory of to me. Remember. And you know what? I wish I never did. And you know what? You've turned that around I still on me missed since. I still miss that hat. You like, can have I it back. I love that shit. You fucking bastard. Ah, it probably won't suit me anymore. I'm too old. <laughs> That's the thing is, I've got a collection of, like, trilby hats, and as much as I know I look like a douchebag when I wear them, I want to lose weight before I wear them again, because I'm aware of, like, the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, guy guy with a beard and a trilby. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's just it's an interesting look. It is, and I, I, not, again... Not the most powerful. I know how I look in that hat, but I still like them, and until I can lose a bit of weight, which I've kept telling myself I'll do fit back in my nice shirts and wear a trilby hat and look a bit more stylish I say stylish well, I, think, cause I had like, the realisation when I was going through like my cupboard a couple of months ago now and I've like because obviously you put on like weight and we got like muscle yeah, yeah. like so slowly you don't realise it and one day I just went have I actually worn this t-shirt at all in the last six months and I put it on and I felt like I was being strangled and, <laughs> oh I guess I have grown a little bit. And I tried on like 12 t-shirts that I used to wear in videos as well. Like, None of these fit me anymore. Yeah. And then I tried on t-shirts that were too big. Like your baggy t-shirt. Oh, this fits okay. <gasps> it's happened. 
See, that's the thing is, grown. I'm, I'm still at the point of, like, I'll wear, like, medium and large t-shirts and they'll be, like, quite baggy on me. But I know that I used to fit into, like, a small or an extra small. The uh, thing is, I used to fit into a small because I was that skinny. Yeah. And I recently had the moment where I went, you know what? I'm a large. I'm a large boy. <laughs> I went out. To, I went out. And I bought like five plain, just large t-shirts, and they all fit great. The weird thing is, though, like my large t-shirts are still huge on me, but I also realise that comfort is king. Yeah, As I've I gotten older, I just got that torso. You know what? That small t-shirt's very tight. I'd much rather wear a large t-shirt and just be cosy all of the time. Oh man, I still got to wear. I hate stuff that's baggy on me. That's my problem because I used to be really fat as a kid, so I hate the idea of wearing stuff that fits baggily. Oh, okay. Which is why it took so long to actually find clothes that fit. Yeah, yeah. Which is why when I find something I like, I will wear it all the time. Exactly, yeah. And then I'll find the next thing that I like, and I wear that all the time too. Because people will notice if you watch the videos, there'll be certain things that I just wear over and over and over again because that's just what I happen to throw on on the day to the point where there are clothes in my cupboard. Where I just went to the shop and bought two. <laughs> so I can wear one while the other one's in the wash. No, that's the thing is, like, I own a myriad of, like, t-shirts and shirts. But I always go back to the ones that fit me the best. Yeah, that's the it's one. It's the way. I do the same it's thing. The, way. the ones that have the yeah. nicest, comfortable fit on me. I'm like, those are my go-tos now. Because uh, the person I go to the gym with as well, we always like notice that we wear the same stuff to the gym. <laughs> and it's not because it fits the best, it's because it looks the best in the gym mirror. Yeah. Like, Joe, the, the mirror, they must do something to. Because you never look as good as you do look in the gym mirror. See, I, I would... It's so annoying. I'm pretty sure I always look worse in the gym. <laughs> but especially gym doing mirror, cardio. It's just like haggard oh, and sweaty. I think a friend of mine mentioned it's, it's above lighting. Yeah. It's the lighting from above because it gives you shadows, so which gives everything definition, which is why you always look good in your bathroom mirror as well. But bathroom mirrors tend to have lighting that's very close to the top of your head. It's much better um, if you've ever seen, like, if you've ever been like me and you're drunk and it's five o'clock in the morning and you're clicking onto BuzzFeed by some mistake of life and you I've never check a comparison. I've, ne- I've never been that. Like, I've never been... I've ne- hard lighting and soft lighting on a person and there's like a video oh it's crazy yeah of like you can do a lot of stuff with lighting yeah yeah the difference just in lighting between like how somebody looks is insane it adds a lot and that's why like um, like the uh, Instagram um, version of life is a thing of people who's like exclusively view their life through the lens of Instagram so of course you're gonna look terrible because like the photos and the filters are designed to make everything look more colourful and pop yeah exactly and add just definition to everything but I, I love the lighting in the gym and I remember there's a, a moment where both me and the person who goes to the gym we were walking home mm. and we both walked past the same car and we both like looked at ourselves and looked at our triceps in the uh, in the window yeah. and caught each other both checking out our own triceps looked at each other and went for fuck's sake <laughs> We, we are those people now. We've been we've been going long enough to become that guy. You know what? There's nothing wrong with taking pride in how you look. Girl. You've oh, yeah. been putting well, effort into like told, My dad keeps telling me because um, they only see me like every couple of weeks. Mm. It's like, oh, Carl, you're too, you're too large. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, I can't hug you because you're just so dense. <laughs> It's like my dad's girlfriend tried to hug me. I went, can't, I can't hug you now. You just feel too solid. It's like hugging a door. Oh, God. It's, like, it's a compliment. But at the same time, I felt really bad. Yeah. 
So I told them, like, oh, how much do you weigh now? I think I'm up to, like, 15, 16 stone or something. Yeah. But because that's all because I'm, like, six foot three and I'm fucking, I've got lanky as balls. <laughs> Like, you can't weigh that much. I, went, well, I do. I've got really long ass torso. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Like, you're like half a foot taller than me, if not more. And, like, that difference in height makes a lot of difference in weight. It does, yeah. And how you carry it as well. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I've got a really um, slim frame. So I carry weight, um, like, usually around the ass. Yeah. M- mostly centered around the ass. I am, I am a weeble, I know this. <laughs> uh, weebles wobble and they don't fall down. This one does, because you cr- because he's crying <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. And on that note, Carl, uh, I think we might need to end the podcast. <laughs> you can be crying in the Are shower. Are crying well, in the shower? Oh, we had one beer. I think it needs to well, come to an end. <laughs> oh, it's all good fun. Well, um, in which case, what have you got planned then this next week? Because I know you're coming to visit me in Ye old Chef. I am indeed. Sometimes soon, because my plan is just look after his dog out. For a week. All right, yeah, yeah. So I've got to um, face the formidable formidable opponent that is going back to work. Oh god! After a week off, after I, a I week am... and a half off, like eleven days uh, of just I, muting I every so conversation glad. due to work. Yeah. I I work. I've worked from home for like ten years now. Obviously, I've occasionally had just like. Um, uh, part-time jobs and stuff, mostly just for the social aspects of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I do not miss... Like, there are days when I have to wake up and I have to get work done. Mm-hmm. And even on those days, I can still say, okay, I can go get a cup of tea. I can start work at 10. Every I, I now wake and then, up, if I wake up early, like, I can... oh, I'm in, I'm in the office doing work for the day and I see him on that Dragon Ball Z doing some combos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's work, man. I made a combo video last week. 3,000 views on YouTube, man. It's doing good, it's doing good. Oh, good fun. Oh, yeah, of course. But, um, yeah, I do not, um, like, um, begrudge anyone for being pissed off about going back to work. I hate it. Oh, it's so bad. I, and the worst the thing is, you're, like, of... so into holiday mode that just, oh, you go back and you don't know what's happening anymore and you're not in the right mood, so... The thing is, it's not applicable. It's, it sounds like a bit dickish, but I'm going to be the same when I go back to Sheffield. Mm. Because I am treating this week off, like looking after this dog, as like time off. Because all I really have to do is write articles, yeah, which yeah. I've been doing for so long now. I can sit and just write two or three while watching a film on Netflix. Yeah, of course. So like, it doesn't feel like that hard work. It's like it's the filming aspects because you have to be into, you have to be in a specific mindset to film. You have to be like in character. It's not really in character. It's more that you have to just it's have a I guess. It's more mentally draining than anything. No, it is, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you have to sometimes you have to do you have to main keep saying the same lines over and over again. And then the thing that no one realizes you have a light shining in your eyes for forty minutes straight. <laughs> a bright fucking light in your eyes, so you get splitting headaches. So by usually by the third or fourth video, I have a horrendous headache. Oh right, yeah. That I then have to like go usually I'll go home and I'll lie down with my face in my pillow. With my eyes shut and my hands over my ears to like to basically just get rid of the headache. Oh god! Yeah, it's that bad sometimes. But I don't really feel like it's, you can't complain about it because I did only spend four hours doing that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's like, do, oh man, you've like, spent four hours recording to get multiple weeks worth of content. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a dick move. To go, oh man, it's so tough today. I spent four hours stood up in front of a green screen talking. 
But it, it does take its toll. No, like, that's the thing is, anything takes so. its toll. And even something simple like um, editing this podcast, for example, like, there, is, there are times when it's, like, frustrating and hard. Like... I don't want to do it this. It doesn't matter what work you're doing. If you're doing work, it feels like work. Yeah, but that's why I like... Um, uh... Stuff like this. Cause I look forward to the podcast, Lucas. Oh, no, me too. I look forward to doing it. It's fun because I get to drink beer. It's just a fun I've time. i a dog next to me. Enjoy your just couple of hours talking to Carl. Yeah, just sat here with me bitch. <laughs> she, she, she hates that call of that. Because um, I think my mum came around the other day to check how I'm doing. Mm. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, Poppy, she's right needy bitch, isn't she? My mum slapped me. I went, don't call her that. It's <laughs> a female dog. Also, she's a dog. She doesn't know what I'm saying. <laughs> So like whenever, whenever I'm like in bed, you, know, you find yourself talking to dogs, don't you? Like people. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Just like when I'm when I'm on the toilet, she's pointing. Who's a needy bitch? <laughs> Ooh, come here, you. And it's like ruffling her ears, and I know if she understood me, she'd bite me. Oh, probably. Like yeah. She will bite. She will bite my knees. Most probably. Go for, especially go for the knees. Get the kneecaps off. <laughs> Wound him. All down. But yeah, um, I guess if you want to call it close there. Thank you everyone for listening. And is there anything you want to plug, Lucas, before we go? Um, as we mentioned earlier, we should have a like E3 general like reaction podcast on my YouTube. So if you go to Legend of Canto, then you'll see that on YouTube. Um, I mainly use Twitter as on my social media, so that's Canto Legend underscore. And yes, it hurts. They'll all be linked time. below. Yeah, yeah, they'll be linked below. Those people can click them and go. They will. Them. So I, I'll probably just like link the um, E3 video. Down in the description, so go yeah. check that out. People can find me if you want, and I'm on Fact Fiend and here for as long as Bruce want to keep giving me money to do it. I mean, God knows why. I'm curious. I mean, I'm, I am curious about how long we're going to keep going. <laughs> so yeah, good luck with that, bro. Have but you know what, Carl? Every time I check like top podcasts for the month, we've got a few in there. So hell, fucking. And then it's or, dude, you checked last week. Some fucker doing like Zodiac oh, yeah. sign or some shit. Some like the only reason. So that we we're chat not top some of bollocks. Is some Zodiac sign podcast it's like we chat some absolute fucking bollocks on this podcast but at least there is a, some factual basis <laughs> to it because you know what we'll never chat most of the things we say zodiac signs yeah most of the things we say actually happen <laughs> if I don't know I could just chat bollocks it's like uh, who's it now Hunter S. Thompson like his first writing gig was writing the horoscopes for a newspaper and they gave him a book on divination that he read in an afternoon, and then the next day was writing horoscopes. Oh, God. That's how easy it is to write. Like, Hunter S. Thompson is at like his first ever gig, and he did it in a... He learned how to do it in a day. But you know what, Carl? That's apparently about five times more interesting than our podcasts. Apparently so. If the numbers um, speak to the quality, it's five times better than us chatting bollocks. So, you have to step up your bollocks chatting game. <laughs> and on that note... Uh, we'll leave it there and I'll say see you later everybody thank you for listening I'll see you soon have a nice week, week.